Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario. Welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. In case you do not know, this is a podcast I do every month in two forms. First of all, I do it in a visual form here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, where there's not too much going on. There's just like my channel art right there, and then a cool looking visual that you can check out. At least I think it's cool looking. And there is a audio only component of this because, well, this is first and foremost a podcast. If you want to take an audio only version, of it somewhere and take it around anywhere and listen to it anywhere you can simply look up mario's minute on your favorite podcasting app or platform and it should hopefully be there we're on most platforms but i know it's not available on all of them either way mario's minute is just a monthly podcast i do where i talk about whatever the hell i want to sometimes i have a guest on sometimes i don't what i try and do is i try and alternate so one month i do a solo episode one month i do a guest episode And I would like to say also at the beginning here, Happy New Year to anybody who is listening, because congratulations, we made it to 2020 version two at this point. But either way, one nice thing about this is that we are starting off this year strong with a guest episode. And this is actually the first time I have had a return guest on. So this is somebody you might have heard from before or might know of. But in case you do or don't, I guess I'll just ask my guest, as I always ask, who the hell are you? Hello, it's Frame Raider. I do the things on YouTube. And l- let me just say, I am very jealous if if the fact that you are reading off a script, because, man, I did a lot of uh, reading of my own script recently, and, and I'm just screwing up like every other word. And, and then I like just to hear you go off on that, what I assume was a script is just inspiring. I, I, I wish I had that talent. <laughs> Well, thank you, man. Well, okay, is it more or less inspiring if uh, if I tell you that was not a script? That was just all off the top ah, of my head? Ah, there we go. Because, yeah, I, I have a hard time believing anyone can read a script like that. Except, I mean, I did work in journalism for a little bit, so I know people can do that. And I, yeah. I was always so jealous of that. Like, people yeah. who could uh, read long sentences and stuff, like, without tripping, basically. Yes, very yes. You're, ta- you're talking with, like, a teleprompter and everything? Yeah, I mean, a teleprompter makes it a little easier because the words go up uh, on the screen at a certain, like, speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're looking at, like, a document on a on a page, it's kind of hard to, like, okay, this is the next line, this is the next line, even if you double space it. But anyways, that's, there's my tangent for the day. Mm, okay, well, I'd say that's a good tangent, but thank you very much. And no, I assure you there was no script. It's just something I, I guess I know how to do after doing this podcast for what, four years now at this point so i've been doing this for five at least and i still can't do it no. it's all good i I've, I've been i've been doing it for a while as well but like you you have the scripted thing i don't do the scripted thing but like you know it's fine like the in as long as the end result is like acceptable i think it's okay i think you it's just... a skill where you either have it or you don't because no amount of training can make me better at like not stumbling on my words for some reason <laughs> Anyways, how are you doing today, Mr. Oh, Mario? Dude, I'm I'm doing pretty well. Uh, hopefully, I, I feel awake at this point. I was feeling myself getting a little tired, so I did have kind of a nice espresso type thing. There's like 150 milligrams of caffeine in there, so I'm not going to be bouncing off the walls, <laughs> but I'm at least awake for this. So I, I'm doing pretty well. I got my water next to me and everything, talking with my friend Frame Raider here. How's it going for you, dude? It's going pretty good. Had some uh, major developments recently in life. Lots of changes, lots of good stuff, lots of, you know, uh, certain things where it's like, oh, my life is changing now. (laughs) I got to think about this and that and uh, manage my content around it. Most importantly, oh boy, it's been uh, quite a change of events. Mm hmm. 
For sure, for sure. Well, I, I do want to say, yeah, first off, it's actually, I even had that on here. I did want to congratulate you because, I mean, this was this is a surprise to me in a good way. But uh, for anybody who does not know, Frame Raider got married recently. Yay. <laughs> How's that been for you? It's been great. Um, the, the only thing is um, managing time because yeah. when you get married, well, especially the marriage process, oh my God, there is so much involved. Um, but then like you actually, you, you, like I've been so busy with the marriage up until, uh, early January where I almost like forgot what it was like to even work. So I've had to come back to terms and be like, uh, what do I do? Console library. That's, that's a thing I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's the hot topic of the minute I've been working on, uh, uh, two years ago I did an Atari Jaguar, uh, console library and it was not very good. Uh, I, I think I gave myself more flack than was deserved, but I just don't like how it turned out. So I privated it like a year later, and this is finally the big return. And I have a special guest coming on uh, who's who's doing some of the games with me. Uh, a true Jaguar expert knows the system in and out, and uh, he's he's going to make that a really good video. I, I can awesome. already see his uh, his talents glimmering. <laughs> that's really cool to hear i'm looking forward to seeing that so i, yeah. I think it will pro this right it sounds like it'll probably be out after this podcast because this will go up on yes uh, it yeah, will so. definitely be up in february at some okay. point okay okay yeah. well i guess anybody can check out frame raiders channel if you're interested in that check it out but also you got a whole bunch of other really cool stuff there as well too yeah a little slow recently because of all the stuff going on again i really got to figure out a way to manage all this <laughs> It it's a I mean, it's funny, like, first of all, like, again, congratulations for the marriage and everything. But even when you're saying it, so I'm not married, I have never been married. But it's like, when you were talking about how busy it is, I was just kind of even thinking, I'm like, you know, it's not only just like the whole like marriage, like, I guess the marriage process, in many ways, sounds like it's not a romantic thing, because it's, it's a legal thing. You're essentially establishing a business with the person that yeah. you want to spend the rest of your life with. That's what it is. Honestly, and I don't know if I would get in trouble for saying this or not, but I think I think a lot of the wedding is just to make the girl happy. Like I wanted to get married, absolutely. But mm -hmm. I think the whole wedding process and the setting up and it's a lot of like, let's make this look fancy. Let's make this special for you. And that is a huge, a huge laundry list of things that you got to do to make it all uh, pretty and special. And, 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 you know, for these girls, a lot of them, they want their fancy pictures. So you got to look nice. You got to make everything else look nice. Got to have a booth for pictures. Got to have a beautiful cake. Got to have just about everything that you could ever imagine. <laughs> sure. And, and and I think even with that, too, just from what I've observed, I'm not even saying with specifically you, it's more just been like the, the weddings I've gone to and like people I've talked to who've gotten married. It, it's almost like, I mean, like you and your wife are kind of just actors or props in a way, because the whole thing, it's not that the wedding's not, you know, enjoyable, but it's just like you're the star of the show you're kind of working but the wedding is really there for enjoyment for like your family and friends and people who are being invited as well yeah too. because yeah. you're kind of just going from place to place doing thing to thing to thing and then uh, did you all have the thing where it's like probably like the night after or like a, like a day or two after it's just like wait what just happened you have to like go through like photos and videos to see what happened um i guess to a degree oh god my reflux is catching up with me mm. okay Oh, you good? Oh yeah, no. Okay. Uh, reflux is a very ongoing uh, issue in my esophagus for oh god, however okay. many years now. Um, okay. So yeah, going back to that, um, where it was kind of like what just happened. Uh, I guess it all just it, it kind of flew by. 
but mm-hmm. um i mean when you're so busy it all flies by but uh I, I don't think there was any like element of doubt if, if that's kind of what we're going at here where it's like i can't believe we just well no actually there was that i don't know that, that's kind of a subject that like uh it's hard for me to think about because like literally as soon as the marriage was over i was just like okay n- not not immediately after we had like a day of celebrating but like mm-hmm. right after i got back home i was like okay i have been taking a huge break from youtube i am so behind so I, my, my thought process kind of went immediately back to work at that point, of course, with all the, you know, the typical romance from the day to day. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, just get, getting back to, I guess, a new normal in a way. I mean, there's that term that's been floating yeah. around, but, but it's just like, hey, this is like your normal thing that you were doing, but now like you have a wife. So yeah, and it's great. And uh, God, it's, it's very unforgiving to have a YouTube platform that is constantly going up and down and up and down. And it's like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, on a regular day, I can maintain this. Not when I've got so much going on in my life. And it's always, there's this internal shame where like you might see that you've lost a patron or something and you, you feel inside. It's like, oh, it's because I'm not doing much work this run- month or whatever. And it's just like, I'm, but I'm trying my best, mm-hmm. you know, but, but, I, it's, even... I, I will, I will not understate the fact that there has been a lot of stress involved in all sure. this uh, leading up to the wedding was one of the most stressful things of my life that did not involve like drama <laughs> yeah that yes yeah. that's, that's what it sounds like with like everything on there not, not even just with your situation but just with like weddings in general I, I think even when you were saying before where it was like more for for your wife i guess um it, it kind of reminds me one of my best friends a few years ago got married and like right at the beginning like i can understand both sentiments but like right at the beginning he had said he's like hey you know what like i just want to marry you like it doesn't really <laughs> matter to me we could just like you know we could just go to the courthouse if you want to bring some some family and even some friends they can watch and I, I just don't mind as long as we get married and she's like no we need to have a big wedding he's oh, like yeah. okay cool we'll have a wedding so they you know paid a bunch of stuff much of that stuff is not refundable or you can't get a full refund back and they had planned it for months and months and months. And then it was like a few weeks out. All of a sudden, his wife was just like, this is way too stressful. I don't like this. I can't do it. And he's like, uh, I think she even said, she's like, you know what? I don't care anymore. Can we just like go to the courthouse and get married? And he's like, um, honey, yeah. You remember when I proposed that at the beginning? And you know how we've been working at this for months and now we can't refund a lot of this stuff? It's kind of too late for that. So (laughs) I did this because you wanted to do it. And like, I'm cool either way. If you want to have a big wedding or if you want to just get married, like in a courthouse, that's fine. But uh, it's kind of too late to go back at this point. We kind of got to go through with this. Like you. Yeah. I I tried to propose this to you at the beginning and you said no. (laughs) Yeah. There's always the uh, the debates about how how are we going to do this? Um, I married an international person and her idea was that we would have a marriage here, typical kind of like white person marriage. And then we're going to go over to Bangladesh and have a marriage there. And that's going to be uh, very interesting. I don't you... know much about it. I, I'm learn- I'm slowly, but also quickly learning about the culture through watching like Bollywood movies and sure, yeah, sure. And all this other stuff. And, and it's very interesting. The culture is astoundingly different. Like everything's different. And it's, it's mm-hmm. a lot to take in. I can't even imagine how difficult it was for her to come here uh so yeah <laughs> for sure for sure and, and i think even with that too it's like <laughs> i'll even ask so are you only doing one wedding in bangladesh or I, I guess that's my only surprise i'm like not even with that but i'm just even thinking of like this like ronnie chang um joke where he pretty much said within like 
I think within a few days, he pretty much had three weddings. He only has one wife, but he had like three weddings. That's what I'm just Gee, like, oh, I okay, mean, you're only if, having one wedding. If <laughs> that's one, the case, I don't know. I, I think there's just one over there, but I don't know. Maybe okay. they do this in stages or something. <laughs> I've still got yet to watch like uh, a wedding from over there. I'll, I'll probably have to do that for research purposes. Do Yeah, do that research. That sounds like a good opportunity. Yeah. Maybe there's a movie, a Bollywood movie about it. I'm sure there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or just watch like YouTube home videos or something. Yeah, there's know. always <laughs> options. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, what else have you been up to, man? Um, hmm, let's think. For our honeymoon, we went to Niagara Falls, which was nice. Um, the, on, the, on the Canadian side, of course, right? Yes. Lots okay. of uh, pretty pictures and videos we took there. Late at night, they do some uh, colorful things with the waterfall. That's interesting. Of course, it was frigid cold um yeah because you went in january right yeah Uh, we went to a hotel uh, which was nice for the most part but the pool was very very not maintained which was funny because like it was like like pre-covid you would think that's a poorly maintained pool but during covid (laughs) it was horribly maintained (laughs) i was in there and a family like three different families with like at least four children each just all just came right into the pool and there seemed like there was no restriction on the amount of people who could be in there uh and it was so funny because it was like right after we came in there was just like a man and a woman in there like a couple and it's like okay well two couples in the pool and then like three large families i'm like oh my lord and then we came home and i was very very sick and so was my wife and we got tested for covid and we came up negative but we kind of don't believe that but we're all Mm. good now (laughs) Because uh, she had COVID before she moved here, and she was saying that this was worse than what she had when she had COVID. So oh she's boy. like, I don't believe that test. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I could have came through with COVID. I, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was pretty bad, but she definitely got a lot worse than I did, which would be funny because I was the one that went in the pool first and put my head under the water. Oh my god, it was such a dirty pool. There was like floating hair everywhere. Which I, why, I why, now you're telling why would you do that? You because I me this, why would you do that? I didn't know. Like I went into the pool <laughs> and I'm just swimming in this beautifully warm uh pool. And then moments later, when my wife comes in, she's like, I, I feel like I should tell you something, but it's gonna ruin it. And I'm just like, but I wanna know. And then she's like, Okay, look look at the surface of the pool. And then I do from an angle where there's light, and I'm just like Oh my god, it's filthy. <laughs> like you wouldn't know as you were going in, and also, uh, like for perfect vision, I need glasses, and I don't really wear them anymore because I can, for the most part, see fine. I'm not expecting to come across a situation where I need to see the fine details of a pool, but yeah. <laughs> oh boy, the things I get myself into. Probably shouldn't have gone in that pool, but you know, it's yeah. so tempting. Where it's like, oh, I haven't, I haven't seen or even been in a pool in such a long time. Dude, you know, <laughs> you, you know, I'm just here. I'm like, you you could have just run a bath, you know, and and it would have uh, been actually less the hotel. Weirdly enough, only had a shower stall, no bath. Oh, okay. I guess yeah. next time you travel to a hotel, request one with a bath. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that just this, one of the lessons here for anybody who's dipping out already. And if you are, sorry about that. But maybe if you're going to take anything, just right now, just don't go into a damn pool because you don't know how questionable they're going to be maintained. And obviously, you two got pretty sick from that pool because it was just like, I don't know, a nice soup of bacteria, it sounds like. Sounds like, yeah, pretty much. Sounds <sighs> okay. like, looks like, smells like. Actually, it okay. smelled fine. <laughs> mm. All right. Just smell like chlorine and all that. 
I'm not sure. I'd have to put myself back in that place. And don't God do knows that. I'm not going to do that. No, <laughs> no, don't do that. So that that doesn't sound great. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't too pleasant. <laughs> like every, everything else sounds fine. I'm not I'm not right on that. It's more just like the nasty pool and then getting sick from the nasty pool. Yeah. All right. Well, I assume at least uh, a lot of our audiences are into games. Let's talk about some game stuff. Oh, sure, sure. Do you have anything in mind with that? I have a game-related thing, I suppose. <laughs> well, game-related, when is this podcast going up? Oh, this is going to be going up on the 26th, so next Wednesday. Okay, so this it Wednesday. has officially, uh, to you listening at home, it has officially come out a day after the new Serious Sam game, Siberian Mayhem, comes out. Oh, I don't know if you've heard of that. It I have is not essentially a dlc that they're selling as a standalone game it's being made by i believe a russian team of modders who are familiar with the serious sam uh environment uh, the editor and all that stuff some uh, pretty big names from the community and uh there was a 10 minute uh video dropped the other day which was really uh, a good thing because serious sam 4 i don't think had any raw gameplay that was uh demonstrated before the game came out uh, and the, the game was criticized a lot for that, uh, the marketing of that game. And despite there's been very little marketing of this game whatsoever, uh, we got raw footage um, only a few days before it comes out. But also, we only first discovered about this like a month ago at most. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to it. I, from the video I saw, there are some cool new things like explosive barrels, which is a new thing for Serious Sam, believe it or not. Actually, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. Hold on. No, it, it's not, but it wasn't really made very obvious in Serious Sam 3 where there were barrels and you could barely even tell if they were explosive. And honestly, I don't even think they did that much environmental damage, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, yes, explosive barrels in Serious Sam. Hooray! New weapons. There's apparently going to be a flamethrower. I don't know. Looking forward to that. Am I going to make a video? I have no idea. That is my official response to the Serious Sam Siberian Mayhem stuff because I'm not going to talk about it on my channel until I decide <laughs> if it's good or not. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you were just itchy to get that off your chest yep. and you just needed a public medium <laughs> to get it out. So this is awesome. You can just point people to the timestamp. Yep, pretty much. All right. All right. Real cool. Like, it, I, you know, I love that you're excited about that. And I am I, excited, I, yeah. I, I feel for it's been a while since I played a Serious Sam game, but I feel for the people who are, you know, excited for that because that's just great. Yeah, um, I, I initially had a review code for Serious Sam 4 when that game uh, came out, and I think my initial kind of grouchy coverage of that game uh, it didn't give me a really good look. So I, I could have asked for a review copy ahead of time for this one. I, I felt like um, I already bought the game first and foremost, like when it first was revealed. And mm -hmm. I, I don't, I'm not even entirely sure if they would give me another code again. I, I've tried to change up my approach a lot in the last... Uh, two years yeah i guess it's been two years since that game came out wow time flies but yeah that that wasn't a i i didn't really approach that game correctly the first time I, i'm trying to be a lot more careful about the way that i approach serious sam specifically in the future because that's that's an audience that uh despite a lot of them have their vendettas against me it, it's something that i am trying to please most of the time and uh gotta be responsible and stuff i'm just lucky that uh, once the reviews came out, uh, they were largely not in favor of Serious Sam 4, at least at the start. So I didn't look like a total goofbag. <laughs> I mean, to me, it just it sounds like you were doing your job as a reviewer, which was just being yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there there was maybe a little <clears throat> bit too much honesty where I, I kind of like, like I collected a lot of information about the game pre-launch and I was like cross-referencing things. I'm like, this developer said this. How come this isn't in the game? And it's like, these that's same fair. developers are the ones that gave me the code and I just kind of felt bad. But I mean, I guess that, it, yeah, that's part of the job. 
but I, I don't know. I've been kind of an icon in the Serious Sam community, I guess, if you want to say that. And sure. my opinion carries a lot of weight. And I, I maybe feel like I did the team a little dirty with that initial take. I don't know. You, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. I've actually never talked about this like publicly on here. And like, it's nothing like it just it hasn't come up, I guess. But um, have you heard of the uh, the Evercade console? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've almost kind of wanted one, but there are a few reasons why I didn't. I think the collections just haven't been too interesting to me that's a lot of recycled content as far as retro gaming is aware sure and and i was i guess maybe i'm spoiling a little bit i do have a review you can check out of it but i will say that that was actually one i felt a little bit guilty about i can kind of understand that because i was uh reached out to someone um who they're just i guess a uh, someone i'm mutually cool with and they're just like hey are you interested in this like i can i can get you a hookup like i can get you a system and like a few games and stuff if you're interested in reviewing it you know it's going to be around the holiday time and i said cool let's do it and i was actually really excited to try this thing out and they went all out like they they shipped it to me overseas i got it within like two or three days that's uh, they gave me the console with like 14 cartridges like they went all out yeah and i'm just like oh my god and dude because of you first of all i wanted to really really like it i was genuinely excited for it secondly like they went all out giving me all that stuff and that was great but i was just honest with my review and in short it was pretty much the emulation i feel like is lacking on this There are a lot of things in the firmware and the OS itself, which I feel like are kind of lacking or questionable, and these can be either fixed or addressed in updates. Um, The sound on here isn't really the best. I've run into some things which I'm not sure are issues with the games or issues with the emulation. And even lastly, I said this is kind of the most important thing. The D-pad on there after about 20-30 minutes of play actually hurts my thumb. So this is a painful system to play, and it was like I felt... I guess I felt bad because it's like, you know, I was given a lot of generosity with this, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I got to do my job as a reviewer and I'm just being super honest about this and I'm being so critical because I wanted to like this so much. And it's one of those things where when you see something is just almost there, you're that much more critical about it. But that is to say, I certainly was not surprised when I didn't really hear anything back from the people I was corresponding with before. Uh, I didn't know about the Evercade versus prior. I didn't get any more Evercade games. I didn't get an offer for an Evercade versus, which I totally understand because I really didn't give it that good of a review. But I feel like I confidently did my job as a reviewer on that. God, I'm I'm having weird flashbacks right now. There is something very similar that happened to me. Uh, you know those little Chinese kind of knockoff hand uh, handhelds that come with, uh, you know, I, I it's hard to categorize these because they're not quite the things of like five, ten years ago. It's been more of like a. Are well, you I talking about maybe. the things with like switch analog sticks on there, and it could be like oh, the RG yeah, something, something something? That's one of the Pow Kitties. I'm aware of that. Yeah, yeah. Pow Kitty RG 360M. Those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there was a period in time where I was being requested to talk about those. Like every week, somebody was trying to send me something new. Uh, mm-hmm. At one point, I had two different people send me a product that was almost exactly the same, and they both wanted me to make individual videos about it. And I'm just thinking, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, and then at one point, I made a video about one of them, and I can't remember what exactly happened. But there was this really rude guy in the comments who was really trying to nag on just about every single thing I was saying. Like I, I said, uh, I tried to play Yoshi's Island on on this, and it wasn't like the sound was a little bugged. 
And then I he really kind of got mad at me for not testing out the other uh, core. I, I wasn't even super familiar with RetroArch at that point. At least I don't think sure. that was. But I, I don't know. There, there are a number of elements in this. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I, I kind of didn't react the best to that comment. And then there was this whole uh, uh, discussion on some other private forum about Framerater can't review old handhelds. And I was just like, I was really frustrated because it's like, I didn't even want to make these in the first place. They were like paid videos, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And, and it's just like, and, and as I was making those, the there was an active community of other people who were coming to, to the rise I'm thinking correctly, there's a guy like Retro Game Corpse. He does really good uh, reviews of these things. And I'm just thinking like, I am actively making myself look horrible by not giving these much attention because I'm sorry, but I don't really like them that much. Mm -hmm. I don't. And it's like, after the point when I've got this in my hand, I've been paid for the review. What do I do? I'm not going to just tell people that this is an amazing product when I disagree. But the weird thing is, it seems like most of the audience thinks that they're great. And I don't really understand that because these things, they fall apart. Like in, in many ways, they barely work. I'm so confused. It, it, and it's 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 a group of people who are really uh, invested in the single board gaming kind of communities. These yeah. people are very, very dedicated. And if you talk dirty about one of them that a, a community seems to like, you get into a lot of trouble, basically. Mm-hmm. And that like after that incident, I was like, I'm done with these. I'm not doing these no more. I'm going to go back to frame raider things. Because it's like, sure. it, this is not a community I'm a part of, clearly. I'm, I'm going to back off from this one. <laughs> and I, I guess I can understand that. Now, funny enough, I don't know. I don't think I've actually been offered any of those devices. I have, Which is very one. strange. Uh, because yeah. I, I, I've never been offered anything like really cool like an Evercade. I mean, mm-hmm. I, recently I've been offered a uh, portable monitor to review. I think and I've gotten a few of those offers. Yeah, that's like I don't, I don't feel like this is not my forte of reviewing. It's so not it, really mine either, but it was a really good um, opportunity. I'll, I'll sure. just word it like that. So sure. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to make that. And these videos, they, they do not perform well at all. So I was mm-hmm. thinking of uh, releasing that video and then the Atari Jaguar video the next day because I, I know it's not gonna do well. I, I understand, yeah. I, I think for because the Evercade one, it didn't do super well or anything, um, which I, I was expecting on there. Um, but even with that, if as I'm not well mistaken, too, I think I yeah. might have seen that video you did. Were you one of the first people who did a review on it? No, I was actually no. probably one of the last people. Oh, and it's okay. funny because so maybe I, I didn't. I don't remember if I've seen many reviews, but like overall, and it's kind of funny because I, I had that that same feeling with it, where when I was messing with it, I was like. Do people like people rave about these and people get excited for them? Oh and, like, yes, I, I see like the coolness of it. Mainly like the uh, honestly the the cartridge idea, the pricing there is cool. You get a really not everything feels nice if you're a physical collector. Um, what is it the the manuals, all that the physical games are done right. That's awesome. But then when I was playing it, I'm like, well, I understand some stuff is an opinion, but like. It's not an opinion that my thumb hurts after 20 or 30 minutes of using this thing. And there's like some other issues that I'm seeing here. And like, I'm on the latest firmware update for the console and everything. So like, am I, am I seeing some, and that was kind of another struggle too. I'm like, what am I missing here? Because it just, it doesn't seem as great as people are. I don't see when I'm actually playing. 
seeing it like on my screen and all that and like you know wanting to purchase one i can get the excitement but then actually handling one using it i'm like well this like where is the excitement for this and i was it's another thing that eludes me is the fact that most of the people who own these things are also already going to own a lot of other things that do very similar things and it's like Mm -hmm. is it is it like i'm sure you would agree that it's not but i would ask the question is it wrong to say that what you already have is better than this and you don't need this like i don't think so no i i think it's just it's something cool it's something neat to see um you also don't have to well except for like the evercade but i'm talking like those uh those android devices or like the like the the little retro consoles that you had you don't have to um modify them by any means although that, even people, that is one element of appeal but honestly uh, although I, even people do i'll just say that real quick there's even custom firmware for those <laughs> oh yeah yeah see i don't Mm. it's it's a weird uh topic because like if you really get down to it as well you can just use your phone like i I know it's i know it's not always practical but there are like devices you can attach to your phone that make it like a full-on game console if you really want it to be or just uh buy a new phone if you want and use your old one for retro games i i don't really if you want a dedicated handheld console to do emulator things get a PSP and learn a little bit about tinkering because that is the most fun that I think that you're going to have. Oh man, it's great. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I I like I I think a lot of the time with retro games with me, I think retro games are fun, but I think it's almost more fun to kind of learn how to play these games in a great way. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely entire communities built around that too. <laughs> Absolutely. I and agree. and and I yeah, I know I guess the simpleton wants to just get the games right away, but it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like you are really missing out by not enjoying the uh, the little things that you got to learn. And, and now don't get me wrong. Some of these things are way out of the way out of the league. Like, um, again, those those little handhelds, the uh, the RG 360 and the, the POW kitties and whatever. If you want to install custom firmware on those or, or tinker with those at all, you can't just like USB connect these things. At least maybe you can now, the newer models. I'm not sure. I haven't gotten any of the newer ones. But as of like a year ago and, and before that, maybe two years ago, it might have been a little, a little bit of a while ago now. But you would have to like download an FTP program. You'd have to plug this in. You'd have to find the IP address on the device. And it's like, I get it for you and me. That's not such a problem. But literally all of my friends, every single one of my friends that I know personally, <laughs> they would never do that. And yet mm-hmm. I could give them a PSP and they could figure out how to put ROMs on it like in, in a couple hours, if yeah. even that, like less than an hour. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I, I don't want to install all these different softwares and these new program hacks to uh, go through this small little device where now, honestly, I could just pull out my PSP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and also, I mean, you know, the PSP, it's still a quality device and everything, even, geez, almost 20 years later, my God. It is, um, it is. But there's I even still, a, I'll still go back a, to the PSP. Yeah, there's a Dreamcast emulator that's still being worked on for the PSP. God yeah, forbid. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, th- that is one dedicated scene. There were a couple of years where the PSP was kind of dead, though, even in the mm-hmm. homebrew community. I want to say between like 2011 and 2015, kind of. It's like nobody was doing any homebrew work whatsoever on PSP. Of course, I know I'm wrong. I'm sure there's at least some efforts, but like it was sure. really slow at that point. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, but people are getting nostalgic for it again. So even yeah, people are definitely picking it back up. 
it's it's great i'd love to see it so i even like i i messed with my uh my psp go even pretty recently as well so that's like one of my favorites i like to go to but like occasionally out funny with the name uh but uh no i will still at times i'll just kind of get a bug and pick up one of my psps charge it up like make sure the games on it are games i want to play and just kind of really delve into my psp for a few weeks that is like my my favorite handheld ever yeah I, I miss my my actual PSP. I have just a PSP Go now. And, like, I gotta be honest, the, the benefits kind of, they outweigh the po- the negatives. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the PSP Go is, like, again, no UMD drive. And, I don't know, this is probably a personal thing, but I just don't think the Go is as comfortable to hold. It's not. Because no. it's, it's small. It's a small little And the, the most important thing about a game system, at least to me, is if you can control it well. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to have a good interface... And I with the Jaguar console library I'm doing recently, that's my biggest problem with the Jaguar is the, the controller is like the D-pad and the buttons are slanted and then there's a keypad underneath. So you have to actively like push your thumbs and like both your thumbs much forward than you usually would and it really hurts your thumb muscle towards like the mm-hmm. back of your palm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, get I, I don't think I've spilling played random tangents ja- today. No, it's all good. I don't think I've played a Jaguar actually. I mean, I've seen the controller. I think I don't I've think many the controller, people but have. I've never actually played a Jaguar. Yeah, and then oh well, how many people have played a Jaguar CD? The, the, the space uh, Well, I mean, if you played a Jaguar, you've pretty much played Jaguar CD. It's okay. it's like I don't even think the games are really that discernibly different. The only thing is, I think you get CD quality audio. I don't believe there's any extra horsepower in the CD unit, like in general. I th- if my theory is Atari omitted these features so that you could buy extra peripherals uh, once the console was out already. I don't know gotcha. so much about the CD unit, but I guess they were kind of taking notes off Sega for that. But I mean, yeah. the Sega CD, while popular, wasn't like a huge success. So I, I don't know why Atari thought... Man, I, Atari was bonkers during that generation. CD was just the new big thing at the time, which I ended up being big for sure. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, but... And now uh, all those old games are rotting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say shout out to Adam Korlick for the whole like space toilet mention thing, which I learned from him with his, uh, I think, Jaguar CD video, which, by the way, like for anybody listening, just just seriously, look up the Jaguar CD like console connected to the Atari Jaguar. It looks like a space toilet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam Korlick, have you have you talked to that guy before? Yeah, I have. Actually. Yeah, he seems like he makes some really good stuff. I, I that's one of those names. There, there's always a couple names in the back of my head where it's like, I've seen his videos pop up and they're always really good. I, I like to think some people think that way about me, but probably not so much. No, dude, I I love your videos, love your content, got love for Adam too. I'm just I'm kind of laughing because like so I actually even like recently got to meet up with Adam Korlick as well. Oh, cool. I will say something that is never conveyed in his videos is that the the rate of food that like that man consumes and how fast he consumes is unreal. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I could live a life like that. Ever since I got married, my belly's just been like expanding. I mean, and I'm just well, like, oh, I got to cut back now. In the past, I was told I got to eat more. Now I got to eat less. I mean, I think Adam's when is too. And <laughs> like, <laughs> the thing is, it's just like we were like we were out at dinner and he's just like a vacuum with his food. And that was like his second dinner. And then even like the next day, I think he had like at least like two or three breakfasts. And I'm just like, my God. Yeah. How? I mean, I wish. How? <laughs> I wish, man. I wish I could eat like that. I, well, uh, then again, I wish I could eat like that, and I, but I don't wish I could be fat, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all no, these, I, uh, back I, and I totally, 
I totally get My that. metabolism was the best. It was unprecedented growing up. What happened? <laughs> we we got old. That's what happened. Like you you hit one age. Like I literally I hit 25 and then it's like boom. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my or so, and some people they just they don't put on the weight. I know like my girlfriend for example, she can just eat like an impressive amount of food and I'm like where does this go? Like, I, where, where does it go? I'm seeing it's going in your mouth, but, like, it's it's not showing. Like, where does this go? Where do you hide this? I guess some people have a better ability to uh, – their bodies are better able to uh, dispense uh, the fat contents through uh, – God, this is going to get disgusting if I keep talking about this. It's like, you know, um, you eat <laughs> fat foods – does your body put it on your belly or does it come out the you does know it forcefully I'm... exit do you have yeah. diarrhea like i think some yeah. people are better some people's bodies are better is this just metabolism am i just am i just it's, like coming up with a weird way to explain it's metabolism, metabolism and it's also just how certain people will like react to things and all that so it's like Frame i know all... is not a health professional Please no do we're not, not we're not health professionals but today. i i do know one of my uh this is uh, Jeez, we've been in this for so long. It was almost two years ago at this point. Um, there was one time, like, I was with some of my family, and one of my family members had some food at, like, an outdoor get-together type thing. And within, like, an hour started feeling sick. And, uh, you know, we, we got her back, and she was just, like, laying down, not feeling that great. And at first, first thought was, oh, God, is this COVID? Because this is, like, before the mm. vaccine or any of that, so we were Ooh, all still being yeah. careful. And then we're just like, no, but it was like, it was within like an hour. There's no way. And so I just kind of, I was talking to her. I was like, hey, so what foods did you eat? And I was like, oh, you know, I had a soda and I had, you know, some cake and some chicken tenders and, you know, some of the fries. And I was like, oh, you're not sick. Uh, this is what happened. You eat pretty healthy and uh, you ate like a 12 year old. And you ate all that stuff at once, which is horrifying. So, uh, no, you're going to be okay. You're just going to, like, probably have diarrhea a few times. And, like, sometime tomorrow you should be okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's like if you if you ate like this, like, normally you'd be okay. But the thing is you, you normally eat pretty healthy. So all of a sudden you just drop, like, a bomb of, like, eating like a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I got a friend who comes over sometimes. He will eat like an animal and, and it doesn't go anywhere. And I'm just thinking like, well, I'm here. Got to watch my weight. And this guy mm -hmm. stuffs his face. <laughs> I'm just, it's it's horrible. It's like, I want to be in that place. Mm -hmm. I think everything yeah. just rhymed and I didn't intend for it, that, but uh, it, it was beautiful. Yeah, let's say it, it, it works out. It's fine. Yeah. It's funny we're talking about food. I actually wanted to tell you about a food thing that happened. Sure. I have been getting free food because uh well i i guess it stopped but it was it was two nights in a row i got like grubhub or some other service delivered to me for free uh because I, I am i am convinced um that it wasn't a misdelivery i think somebody kept ordering food and they were putting the wrong address on there and they didn't realize it was the wrong address at first i was scared this was going to be a pyramid scheme no, 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 no. Oh, thank goodness. No, I'm very anti MLM. But yeah, I, I guess, um, I guess that's, that's a possibility. Is there like, there's got to be some responsibility in, in these couriers where it's like, uh, it's this person's name, but I guess you, yeah, if you put the directions on like skip the dishes, they will just come knock to your door, you come get the food and then mm -hmm. yeah, uh, 
Bob's the word, if, if that's a say, saying. Is that yeah. what they say? Bob's your uncle, I think. Bob's your uncle, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, with this, it was uh, one night I had Taco Bell, which was actually a very nice surprise because, okay, I'm not crazy about Taco Bell. But the thing is, I was out walking my dog and I was like, hmm, what am I going to have for dinner? What am I going to have for, for dinner? I come home, there's a bag of Taco Bell right there. And I was like, is this like one of my neighbors? No, they're not your eating secret it. Admirer. Okay. I even thought of that and I'm like, well, no, this is like kind of a weird order and it was obviously for like multiple people and then like i ate it and uh i totally ate it at once because i was hungry and also taco bell doesn't really say very well so that was fine um but no i had that and there was no receipt or anything there but then the next day i end up saving this for later because i'd already had dinner but like later that night um it was same thing like delivery person came they put a bag down, took a photo, knocked at my door, left. That was it. Um, and it was Buffalo Wild Wings. And it was like something for like, it seemed like, according to like the name and everything, like a mom and their kid. Um, but it was just so, it was so specific. Like it, it happened twice in a row. And I was like, I don't, I really don't think this is a misdelivery here. They're taking it to the wrong address. I think the person who's ordering this stuff is just putting the wrong address in. And after two nights in a row, they ended up realizing what they did. So I'm sure they end up putting in the right address. Uh, but to answer your question on there, from what I understand, no, like once a food delivery person leaves the food there, they're not going to come back. Um, they just, they, they put well, it, yeah. they put in, put in the order as delivered and that's it. Um, but then if you are ordering food and it's misdelivered, you can, you know, file a complaint to Grubhub. That was the second one in this case. Um, and you would get your money back. You'll probably get some more credit as well, too. And the person who delivered is probably going to get, you know, a ding on their delivery record. I think in a perfect universe, there would be like a button that you could press that says I didn't get my food. And then it's like, we're on it. We've got a team investigating it. But I, I feel like that's just too many. That's too many resources to put into such a thing like this. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, not a financially it, uh, like reasonable thing to include in your platform because it's like, how many times could that be abused as well? It, it's a very it, that's like an all over the place discussion. I don't even know how you would handle that. For sure, for sure. And I think I've even, um, what is it, like, because I, I, I was talking with a few people about it, like, my girlfriend was the one who told me, like, yeah, you know, they're probably going to get, you know, dinged for the record and stuff on there, and they'll get their money back, mm. but then even uh, her and a few friends, Mike, is doing a lot of cutting in and out. Oh, yours was a little bit earlier before, is this sounding okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, it I sounds hope it's better fine. now. I couldn't okay. uh, make out that last sentence at all. Oh, no, so I, I was saying that, um, what is it? There was, there's been, my girlfriend was telling me more about, you know, the delivery driver kind of getting a ding on there, um, if that's reported as, you know, a misdelivery or something. Um, but her and some of my friends had said this, like, the first time it happened, I actually put the food, I brought it in, and then I put the food back out. And I was like, hey, I'm going to leave it there for like 15 minutes in case they come back. And everyone was telling me, they're just like, no, 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 dude, um, when the delivery driver makes their food, that's the end of it. Like, it doesn't come back. Yeah. So, like, you're, you you putting the food out there, you're doing nothing but either wasting the food or letting it get cold. Just bring it in and just have a free meal. <laughs> right, yeah. Right, so I was going to ask, um, are there any, like, new things that you're doing for your channel, like new videos and uh, 
new ideas, maybe new collabs and stuff that you got going on? You, you know, I will be honest. No, I haven't had anything on that. Um, I have been excited for like some of the more like, you know, I, I, I guess some developments I've seen in the modding scenes and covering those and everything. Um, but no, in terms of like either like a new series or something else um, or even collaborations. Uh, this is, I think this is the most I collaborate here where it's really on Mario's minute, but no, that's been about right, it right. for me. I kind of just, I just go with the flow for my channel. I don't plan out a whole ton. Like I'll schedule my videos in advance and everything, but I don't have like, you know, like a list of what I want to do or goals or anything. I kind of just try to have fun with it. What about you? I, I, I'd i like to get to the point where I'm just having fun with it. Uh, right now I'm trying to uh, do my best to bring the rates up a little. I know. Uh, yeah. Cause that, cause of the wedding. Are you talking about that, like CPM been... and everything like monetary rates? Yeah, I because when the wedding was going on, I wasn't able to really work at all, and now I'm I'm trying hard to uh, get back on 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 uh, tasks here, but it's like you you got all these other things like uh, we got to go get groceries, we got to go um, get our vaccinations and mm-hmm. all this stuff. I mean, vaccinations that's no different. You're doing that before as well. I'm I'm just trying to think like you know every every day things a lot of that gets a little more complicated when you're married. It's like there's two people now rather than just one. Of course, the benefits again they outweigh the uh, the negatives. You uh, you know you split rent, you split food, uh, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, regarding my channel and like, I, I'm trying to think of like some new directions. Uh, like I, I'm always uh, doing the the console libraries, the retro game system talk, and then the serious Sam things. I know there's like feature videos. Uh, that's that's been a recent thing that people really like. I do like feature length. Uh, almost playthrough commentaries, which have actually been very successful. They're, they're highly edited. They're not just like a live stream I did. Sure. Um, so it's like, I, I, the process of making those videos is I play the game and I record the game and I, I have like thoughts in my head while I'm playing the games. And then I'll go back and like watch that and write notes for every like couple of seconds as I'm playing and be like, okay, I'll voice over what was going through my mind at this point. And then I also try to have like fun facts and stuff in there. And that's basically what the feature series is. I've had difficulty figuring out which games I want to do feature videos on. I have a few ideas. Or there was like one game. Uh, one game that I was primarily thinking at one point was Earth Defense Force 2017. It has like a, a console version. It has a portable version. They're both similar but kind of different. There's like new levels and stuff. Um, there, there'd be a lot to talk about there. The only thing is covering Earth Defense Force games in the past, they did not get many views. But like, and, and, and I know there's the argument, well, it's not about views. And I know that. But it's like when you're also trying to make this your living. And one of the interesting things, an interesting development I think I would talk about uh, is the fact that before I was married, I didn't have the ability to move out. And this is a very difficult city to live in. Of course, I'm not going to disclose anything. Sure. But like, um, it's very industrialized. There's hardly any jobs you can work where you have scoliosis, as I've told you before. Um, sitting in a computer is like the best option for me. And I just did not have a mon- enough money to move away from the city. I, If I'm going to work again, like it, I feel like it's got to be out of here. It's got to be somewhere else. This is like, mm-hmm. this is a very dead <laughs> place. Um now, my wife came from very developed cities where there's skyscrapers and everything and tons of people. And uh, that's something that we're probably going to get used to as well uh, as a couple in the future, because I'm, I'm sure we're going to move somewhere else like that. And then that's going to be better. Um, and then uh, my work schedule, the ability to work on YouTube again, goes down. I'm trying to remember where I was taking this conversation somewhere specifically. Um, 
I was I, I was gonna say I don't even mind interjecting on here because this is even one thing you and I have privately talked about this, but it just even one thing is that first of all, major respect to the hustle and everything because I know you're doing this full time and all that. But even just um, hearing like a lot of the worries that you have, I, I guess, and I'm not trying to I guess put myself in another position or anything. I guess it's more I'm happy I don't have that because for me personally so for if anybody doesn't know um i don't do youtube full-time even with my channel the size it is or and all that i have a full-time job and career completely different from youtube so that's what kind of affords me the ability to like hey if a video does a million views on youtube actually maybe i don't really want that that's too much attention but like if a video only gets like 300 views it's like holy shit that's 300 people that want to watch that that's pretty cool and that's kind of why i'm just kind of more lackadaisical with a lot of my youtube stuff because probably my channel the does approach well. to take yeah yeah if, if my channel does well awesome if my channel's not doing great eh, you know that's not the best like you don't want to root for failure but yeah it, it it allows me to enjoy that and still now there are times you know there's things i have to do for the channel that are work and there is you know level of professionalism on here for sure but it's still very much something that i enjoy doing so it's like hey if i don't feel like covering this or if this doesn't excite me i really don't have to do that it doesn't matter to me if i only make two two cents off this video. Well, that's a little bit disappointing, but that's fine. At least I'm not reliant on this here, so I don't have to worry about it. But that yeah. I know I know you and I have talked about this because um before you had done your your break, which I did want to talk with you about that on. Um I know there were many times like you were kind of like even with the podcast you were talking to me about this and there was just a lot of times you'd have worry with like hey like I've thought of doing something like this but I'm not sure if I should put it on another channel or if I put it on my main channel then you know it's not going to get viewed as well and then it can you know make the channel perform worse and all that but this seems to be doing okay and I'm just kind of like eh, I I upload this and a few people listen that's pretty cool but it's just there's there's so much added stress and worry to it unfortunately is, yeah. when you're doing that all full time there are I, I don't envy that side of it and that's part of that's one big reason why because also a part of it is too i know all this can just disappear or get ruined or whatever overnight course, yeah i don't trust the platform i really don't i will enjoy it as much as i can but i don't trust the platform <laughs> yeah i feel i feel like i did and then i met my wife and she's kind of been like steering me in the direction of like youtube's cool and all but i don't know if this is a future and i'm just like yeah you know i i, I do agree to that especially because like i'm trying to figure out earlier i was i had a connection between my like I, there was a note i was going off of with my feature videos and then how it led into my current life somehow but I think what I was getting at is um, the type of content that I would make was very dependent on trying to make a living and what I was able to do within my restrictions. And since that has uh, largely changed and I'm able to uh, eventually move out of this city, I know there was some point I was making earlier about the fact of moving out of the city would change a lot for me. And then like if I move out of the city, I would be able to get a, a proper job somewhere, probably uh, maybe in the media field or something like that, where I... I preferably something i can sit at a chair um because mm -hmm. i i tell you that back it really hurts after being off uh, standing up for more than like an hour and a half it's bad i get, I get it yeah yeah so uh just trying to see what happens with that and uh i i would like to go in the kind of the direction that you're talking about where it's um it's a lot more simple living um mm -hmm. and, and and just uh enjoying the hobby uh and and even at that point i bet you i'd be able to make better videos maybe at a, a lesser frequency because 
I'm not rushing to get something out to make a, a little extra money so that I can do this this month or that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it becomes a thing where it's like, it's even it, because like, obviously I have less time for YouTube because it's not my full time thing, but because of that, I value my time with it that much more. And it's something that I still very much look forward to working on. It's, it's a fun thing to me. And that, and that's just how it is to me, I guess. Um, I will even say on that with what you're talking about, if you're talking about like getting a media job and everything, um, a lot of it is also not pigeonholing yourself as like a YouTuber where you can always there's there's skills and there's things that you pick up with this and you can always right. use those marketable skills and, you know, kind of branch off into anything, whether even if you want to do, you know, gig work remotely or whatever it is, whether it be, I don't know, doing voiceover stuff, doing editing for another channel, whatever it might be like, it's just a pin there. It's open ended there, but it really yeah, there's just, a lot of it branches. Yeah, it doesn't end at just being a YouTuber. It's like, well, you can take the skills that you've learned and then figure it out from there. Because I'll, I'll even tell you, like, my um, w- what I do on YouTube doesn't have anything to do with, like, the day jobs that I have or have had in the past. Yeah. But my YouTube channel has helped, whether it's just even, you know, being able to talk to people, being able to convey certain things, but even straight up getting positions as well, too, where I've had people who've said, I looked at your YouTube channel and you do this and this and this really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it can help out in very unexpected ways. Yeah. I know that we've talked about uh, earlier in this podcast, we talked about, um, do I put it on this channel or that channel? Um, mm-hmm. One thing I've thought of doing recently is creating smaller little channels that I will make very dedicated content on. One thing that has always been kind of an issue on Frame Raider is it's it's very uh, unfocused. There's like there's this, there's that. I guess a lot of the time um, on my channel, it's been uh, I make whatever the heck I want at any given time. There have been people mm-hmm. that have argued with me, Frame, you would be significantly more popular or doing better on this platform if you had multiple channels where you did these certain things. Like if I had a channel dedicated to console libraries and console libraries only. It might be doing really well, but it's the other stuff that keeps people from subscribing in the first place. Um, So like that always brings me to the thought of like, Mm. what if I made a bunch of other smaller channels? Uh, And one of them recently, I know this is kind of uh, left field for my channel, but as I I like to think pretty much everything I've done on my channel is left field because it's always just an amalgamation of uh, whatever I've enjoyed in my life. And I make content based on that. One thing that I have almost never really shared on my channel other than the occasional times where I tried to see if this would work and it didn't really was I, I wanted to make videos on just one specific game and it is animal crossing. And you might be thinking, okay, so the new animal crossing, no, no, I'm talking to the original one on the GameCube. I, there, there is so much depth to that game. There's so much you can do that. I feel like a lot of people have kind of like forgotten about or underappreciated. And I don't even know, like, maybe the newer games do it better. I've only played them a handful of times. But I, for some reason, the original has this amazing charm to it that I love so much. And uh, I think people would understand if they played it. Uh, nonetheless, um, I've, I've actually made a channel already based on that. And I posted one or two videos, but I'm not really advertising it yet. I just want to see how that does. Um, sure. Yeah, I don't know if you're aware of the channel Marcel Voss, where he does videos on uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon ex- exclusively. I, I'm not, no. Yeah, well, he, he does uh, videos like, uh, hello, everyone. Today, I'd like to discuss if the park benches actually do anything, or I'd like to <laughs> figure out um, what's the cheapest way that you can beat this park 
with this set amount of roller coasters or whatever. And I think that kind of content is really interesting if it's a game that you've grown up putting a lot of time into and you really love. And uh, the first Animal Crossing game, there's just there is a world of content there that it seems like nobody's picked up on. And it's possible that it could crash and burn, but it's just something I think I'd like doing on the side. And it's like little things like that I enjoy. It's like I, I don't want to be this full-on game journalist all the time if anyone like is out there watching and they're a bit they've been aware of frame raider since like the very beginning i have deleted so many videos like at the beginning of the channel it was like i i was even doing some ray william johnson nonsense at one point it's like i was always <laughs> trying to do just whatever stuck and whatever felt fun and like a lot of that i posted and i've deleted and now like my channel is just a wall of game journalist scripts and editing and stuff. I also do feel that like that gives me a very good um, uh, resume representation where it's all very like streamlined and kind of like quote unquote professional. I know I make stupid jokes, but it's <laughs> like, you know, it's meant to be a presentation format, I guess. So that, yeah. that makes it good for, uh, for bringing into the work world. Um, and then I, I'm thinking like, these other little channels I could do with this other like focused content. But honestly, man, if I were to get right down to it, I just want the plaque. I, I want that hundred K plaque to just put on the wall and look so awesome. And then like past that point, I've even said this, like I might start live streaming. I might start doing more things that I actually like to do on this platform because I feel like I've shot for the moon and I reached uh gee what's what's closer to the earth than the moon i reached uh, for the uh, sun clouds <laughs> i guess that's one example <laughs> I, I yeah i've reached for the moon but i've only reached the clouds and that's okay because the clouds is a hell of a hell of an accomplishment it is uh, and then at that point like i have the bragging rights i can say like i brag about 100k whatever it with how much work i put into my channel i can brag about the 100k <laughs> mm -hmm. i can say that uh and, and I, that, I also, that won't be too far off because I'm at 99.07k right now. Yeah, you'll you'll, you'll get there easily, no yeah. doubt. And I know it's you're you're not a braggadocious type. I get it. You're humble, and that's like, and there's nothing wrong with wanting that. I will say, like my plaque, you know, I, that was that was the thing for me too. Like originally, like I was just like, yo, having a thousand subscribers would be so cool. And then like everyone, look, everyone's at that point at yeah, some point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, I've went back to look at my old, old Twitter posts on like archive.org. And it's like, mm -hmm. not only do I see some horrible takes, but I also see me <laughs> celebrating milestones that are just so insignificant. Wow. I got three likes on this thing I made. I'm so happy. I feel popular. It's like, no, but you that, idiot. <laughs> no, no, like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to say even go back on that. That is something that you made out of nothing. You put onto this big giant platform and three random people that you might never, ever encounter decided to like that. That's cool. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I guess, don't really think so. <laughs> I think it's kind I, of like, uh, I, I don't know. I guess I look back on those days kind of in like uh, embarrassment or uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> cringe. You know, and, and it's just like I, I when I think back to that, I'm just like, no, take me away from that headspace no matter what. Uh, it's like, I, I don't want to go back there. <laughs> hmm. I, I guess I I look at it from a different approach because it's even like, let's say if like a friend is talking to me and there's like, yeah, I only have like 2000 subscribers. I'm just like, 
dude, like, I remember that struggle. That's impressive. You got 2,000 subscribers from, like, 2,000 people were interested enough to subscribe in, like, whatever it is that you're doing. And they might say, well, dude, I mean, you got so many. It's like, honestly, those smaller milestones are more, there's more to accomplish. There's more to celebrate there because it's so more, it's so much more exciting at that point. Because, like, at this point, like, for a while now, I've really stopped caring about channel growth because it's like, my channel just grows. Like it just grows organically at this point. But like when it was a really small channel, it was a struggle getting those subscribers, getting people to click the subscribe button. And this isn't even me begging for it because I've never like I I think out of my a thousand plus videos, I've asked people to subscribe less than five times. Like I have never focused on that. I've right. never tried to push it is what I'm saying. But like that's always impressive to me. Just seeing somebody have even like a little bit of a grassroots thing. It's like, hey, yeah, I only have, you know, 1500 followers or this video got like 400 views i'm like that is impressive to me like your channel is small you're just starting out you're getting that that's so cool to me you know if there's one thing i've learned about doing uh youtube and observing the public audience and crowds for a long time like people who are starting out is that a lot of the time it has to do with skill um i i know people say there's a, an element of uh luckiness or unluckiness and and, and there is there is but I've seen channels that have literally started with one video and they they will have 300,000 subscribers with six videos. They just pumped yep. out six really, really good, like top of the level, like AAA TV studio videos. And mm -hmm. the fact is anyone can really make a video like that. It's just like, do you have the skills to do it yet? And it's like, like when I was making f videos on Framerator, originally uh, Doom 2 review, uh, six years ago, something like maybe seven now. Um, at, at that point, I thought this is this is the epi this is uh, the, the epitome. What, what's the word for a height? This is my height. Uh, the, I, I guess, yeah, the epitome. Yeah, this is the epitome of my work or whatever. And I go mm -hmm. back on that now. I'm just like, this is incredibly rough. So I, I think... Um, a lot of the time where it's like you started out small and it took you so long to get to this milestone, I think it it usually makes sense why. And I don't mean that in any in a mean way whatsoever, but there's always been these I've tried to reach out to smaller creators to try to get them some uh, some viewership, especially in the past uh, when I was a bit of a smaller channel. Um, yeah, probably between like 40 and 70 K when I was always trying to reach out to smaller people, one of the ideas there was actually because I figured these people were going to do better than me. <laughs> like I, I tried to reach out to people who were smaller than me, who I thought would be end up being better than me because they were more focused and they had a better idea of what they were doing. And it's like, I, I was kind of waiting on their popularity so that people would look up their name and be like, oh, he made a video with Frame Raider. Let's check that out. And then maybe... <laughs> They so would, planting seeds. Yeah, planting seeds, kind of. I, I've never actually said that publicly, but a lot of the time in the past when I did collabs, it was kind of like future. Uh, it, it was like making content for the future. It's like nobody's going to watch this now, but if this guy gets really popular, they're going to come back and watch this and they might check out me. Of course, mm -hmm. I, I was very selective with who I worked with, though. I would only work with people who I knew were professional and very good. Um so at the end of the day, a lot of these people that, again, that I reached out to were very skilled and very good. Almost everyone I've collabed with, literally almost everyone I've collabed with is bigger than me now. For some reason, mm -hmm. I, I have a great ability to pick out talent, but I can't apply much of it to my own work. <laughs> you know what? That sounds like that. That sounds like a marketable skill right there. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I mean, you're, you're working on your resume already. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm I'm very proud of these guys. One guy I worked with uh, in the past who's recently kind of blown up. His name is K Bash. I did a I told him to do a review with me because he did a review on a game called Ribbit King, which I thought was really good. I was always looking up videos of that game because nobody ever talked about it, and it is a really good game. I suggest people check it out. It's a golf game with frogs. How could you go wrong? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I remember asking him, "Hey, let's do a game," and I I'd like, uh, well, in my list, I got Rayman Arena, and then we did Rayman Arena together, and I think the review was okay. And and it's like his presentation has gotten a lot better. His his script reading, I'm oh I'm just going back to the script reading again. He's so good at script reading. Why can't I be good at script reading? <laughs> but yeah, um, all, all good times. And uh, I wish I wished K Besh well recently. He's a very good guy. Um, he likes doing RPG videos. Definitely not my field. Uh, and yeah yeah yeah. Um, there's been a couple other people. Decino, I did uh, GBA uh, Doom review. Mm-hmm. And, and that went really well. And he blew up just not even much long after we did that video together. He's done some really great videos on the Doom stuff. I'm trying to think of there other examples I can think of. There's been a lot of collabs I did in the past that I had to get rid of because controversies. Sure. But sure. yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I know this is kind of bringing it back, but I know we were even talking about the plaque too. I know you're going to get your plaque. I have no doubt about that. You're going to enjoy the hell out of it. It's a, it's a great feeling. I won't, I won't spoil that. Like I know you're going to enjoy that there. Um, but I will say one, one thing that's been afterwards, and I'm not sure if you've, if you've had this with friends or family or something, but, um, my family, like at least, you know, the older people in the family, they, they don't understand the YouTube thing. They're just like, what you like, they're still trying to wrap their head around. They're just like, you, like my dude, put try video stuff. <laughs> yeah. Try explaining this to like, uh, gee, how old, um, like. 60 or 70 year old Bangladesh people it, it is you can't it's like why isn't he a doctor and I'm just it, like because uh, I'm not a doctor <laughs> you know I'm sorry you didn't get too lucky with this one but I'm a nice guy and I treat oh my well God. yeah yeah oh and and yeah. you know what that's better than and the modern generation seem to think that's where it matters most you know yes. and that's that is where it matters most as long as you can make a family work together and you're making the money to live a happy life. That's that's all that really matters at the end of the day. And I'm I'm glad modern generations are kind of more lenient in that direction. Of course, doctors, sure. absolutely, doctors are very important. And and if the only doctors in here exist because their parents were really forcing them to be doctors, then God forbid we need to have these parents that are forcing their children to be doctors, or else yeah. we're going to have no doctors. But you know. <laughs> so yeah. I guess with with like my plaque, for example. I've had I've had uh, family members who the younger family members, they they get it. I don't have to explain it to them. Older family members, they will ask like what I do on YouTube. And I'm just like, I'm not even going to explain it again. Just just look at my channel. You can see what's going on there. But I will say the one big benefit with it, it's just seeing their reaction with the plaque. It's not like they break down into like tears and freak out or anything. But it's kind of just a respect they have or like they look at it and it's like a diploma or something else where they see it and it's they still don't fully understand what's going on, but they'll look at it. They'll take a picture. They'll be impressed. And it's just kind of a thing of like, wow, OK, I understand a little bit more what he does. This is this is more serious than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it took a while for my parents to look at it that way. I, I think to the it, it was at the beginning, it was really awkward because I had to record in my parents basement uh, yep. Actually, the first couple of videos I did were I recorded at college. I, I remember I used a computer microphone noble times. Um, <laughs> 
And then when I had to actually start doing it at home, because I, I was doing, I had a job at the college for a while there. And then when that stopped, I had to go back home to do all the recording. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was a turn. And I guess when my parents started seeing that I was actually racking in numbers. Uh, I remember, um, gee, this goes way back, back when I was doing the, uh, God, I don't even know if you would know about this, but in like 2017, before I made some of the other retro game content that I got popular for on the, the, the good old YouTubes, um, there was like basically meme stuff. There, there was the Uganda Knuckles thing. Before mm-hmm. that was Uganda Knuckles. It was Knuckles Sings. And I was I had like three frames of animation to apply to um, a, a, an, an animated segment by a Greg Zilla on one of his Sonic reviews. And I just uh, made him sing different songs. And then I actually knew a thing or two about animation myself. I wasn't particularly great at it, but I incorporated my own little elements. And uh, a lot of that stuff got... Uh, pretty good clickage pretty good clickage indeed uh but honestly i couldn't monetize most of those they were like third-party content matched i had to rely on other content i was making at the time to make money and about around that time i did a video which ended up being my most popular video which was the uh buck the bunny kind of investigation thing for i love that one i love that video yeah i i'm not like i think the subject is what got clicks i'm not like i've gone back to that video here and there and like watch parts of it and i'm like yeah i mean it's all right and, and again that's kind of where it comes to the where i'm like uh i look back on older content and uh a smaller subscriber count on my channel kind of with embarrassment because it's just like i i look back and i know why i wasn't doing great back then it's because i wasn't great and i know i'm, I'm not trying to uh you know like oh he's so humble I, i'm not trying to do that it's like i know i, I wasn't great at that point and i'm getting a lot better and I think at this point, I really need to nail down the consistency with content like genres here, because that is what's going to keep the subscribers going up. I already know this, this Atari Jaguar thing. I'll post this and I'll get 100K within like a week, maybe. I, I don't want to eat my words here. That could be very wildly untrue. But I know those videos do extremely well. And it's like, gee, if only I could just make content like that. But the thing is, I'd have to put myself on full robot mode because some of those videos are really, really boring to make. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like get I had it. A, I, I had content uh, about uh, GameCube console library. I did up to the letter D, and I just got so fed up with the complications. <laughs> a, a lot of people say, "Oh, Frame Raider, you were just, uh, you must have just been hating all those third-party games." And like people were like, they were understanding, but I don't think anybody actually understood what the problem really was. There were a number of situations. Like one of the biggest things was the fact that not every GameCube game works on Dolphin. A lot of third-party games that nobody talks about just don't work on Dolphin, and mm-hmm. I had to I had to load it up on my Wii, which is a little bit of a hassle. I actually, actually, I've further modded my Wii, and it's easier to do now. But back then, I was using a really weird way to play GameCube games on Wii, and not only that, but the cable I had through the Elgato capture card for some reason everything was really high pitched and like skipping, and it was it was just a pa- a huge pain in the ass all the time. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, there's also playing a bunch of third-party games that you have no interest in. There's, like, fighting games. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm not a fighting game person. There's sports games. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm just not a sports games person. And and the thing is, you get so much criticism from videos like that. Most, like, a, a lot of the time on things that you had very little ability to prepare or even change. Because it's like, I'm sorry, but I don't really think I'm going to learn how to play football. <laughs> And it's like, sure. I mean, I know there are some people who go to the length, like I'm going to learn all these sports and all these things for this video. It's like, 
I would gladly do that if I was a team, but I'm not. I'm one guy. I, I got to put out videos to get the ad rev. I got to be able to feed myself, <laughs> you know, and, and I feel like a lot of my past on this platform has been like kind of uh, wrongly done because it, a, a lot of uh, co- the content that I made back then I'd have to rush together. Yeah. Which unfortunately it took a lot of time to put those together and it was very tiresome. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think about a way to word this. Cause I know like, I don't want to make people upset and think that I'm like rushing content, but unfortunately the reality is in the past I have had to do that though, because mm-hmm. I had to make the money that I needed. Uh, especially if there were certain life events coming up that I had to pay a lot of money for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. I, I, I think that's sympathetic on there. I, I mean, I'm noticing two things. One of them is that you are, you are your harshest critic and I oh, know absolutely. You, you, you strive for better, which is good, but you're incredibly harsh with your older stuff, which it's like, I mean, that's, that's a whole thing to unpack right there. Um, you know, we're, we, we all learn. Like we yeah. all have to come from somewhere, you know, we're not going to be born experts on anything, but sure. I will say with the console library stuff and, you know, uh, the, the videos you do where you have to go through a ton of games, I do not envy that at all. I've had a taste of it with, you know, with the Evercade, it wasn't as bad. I was able to kind of nail that down a bit more, but with the Xbox HDMI, I got that device. Like I, I got a pre-modded system months before it was available. I was having fun with it. I was trying it out. Like I was legitimately excited for it. But I remember one, of, and I'm sure you can attest this, one of the worst things was when I captured the gameplay footage, not because of technical issues. Yeah, I think but you did tell me about this. Yeah. I, I I might have, but it was, I, I remember it, now girlfriend, but like at the time I was talking with uh, one of my friends when I was doing this and I was like, you know, I just spent eight hours on a Saturday playing these games and recording them. And I did not have fun with it because yeah, I wasn't actually yeah. playing these games for enjoyment. I was playing eight hours worth of Xbox games to get footage. And people seem to never be able to understand that. It's like you're playing games, you're having fun, you're making content. It's what you love to do. I, I, playing video games inherently on its own is not always such a fun thing to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if it's testing and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, because I like what I did even for that, I pretty much used that as my main console. So for about a month or two, I had fun with it. I didn't record anything. I had a lot of fun. I used it like I would be like a regular customer using the system. But then just that day, that's when I was, you know, recording my B roll, recording my I didn't do a roll that day, but I record like some B roll stuff. And then I was recording all of my gameplay. And I was like, I literally sat here, quote unquote, playing Xbox games for eight hours. But it was just it was really just testing. It would be going in a game, loading up a save, recording this or playing to this point or playing this. Right. And yep. it was just it, very familiar. It's not that. like I it's not like I hated it, but it was just so robotic and there was very little. You do hate it over time. I, I know that's, you. That's you, why I don't do it. That's why yeah, I don't you've done it, it. A, a one time eight hour experience with those every emulator on the X system videos that I oh, did. God, I had to do that every single day for like two weeks. No, it is see, horrible. Do that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, horrible. That that's what I at one point. It, here's here's a rule I had an unwritten rule. Every time my channel was dying, I had to force myself to make one of those videos because they always did really really well. Always mm-hmm. at the very top of my uh, my videos where it's like what videos are performing the best this this month or this week or the last two days I think it is. 
Um, and it's almost always the emulation on Wii and emulation on PSP videos. Those get clicks all the time. And I then know. one time I finally decided to do the Xbox, which turned out to be much less than... Uh, like, I, I, I didn't put as much effort into that one as I did the other ones, because mm -hmm. if I were to do every emulator on the Xbox, I'd be here all day. There are just way too many of and them that that, that yeah. system had so much. Uh, I But then again, compared to the PSP, I don't know, the PSP had a lot, too. And I, I think I went over most that I could find. Uh, yeah. Nonetheless, um, I mean, a, a lot of the Xbox stuff's been lost as well uh, to time. A lot mm -hmm. of those old emulators. So I did my best, and that video did. I, I mean, it's 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 sitting at a respectable view number, I think. But at the time, it didn't even make me me that much money, and I was just really frustrated because I was trying to get those ad rates back up. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, in the past, it's always been a battle of uh, what do I want to make versus what do I need to make. By the way, before I forget, there's been several times since you brought up the Xbox HDMI thing that I've been thinking I want to bring this up. Um, yeah, and it's it's uh, it's kind of a me to you thing, but you can keep this in the podcast. I don't care. I when I a long time ago, I asked my audience if they'd like to see a video where I discussed Xbox originals playing on Xbox 360 and mm -hmm. like compatibilities and games that were basically broken. Because I know a lot of Crash to Insanity is apparently unplayable, but it is an officially uh, playable game according to their library. Now, I know that you can also expand the capabilities of uh, the backwards compatibility if you have a modded 360. Now, yeah. um, for anyone wondering, if I were to do a video where I talk about backwards compatibility and in that aspect, I would probably stay strictly to the games that are officially supported and maybe do another video in the future about, hey, these are games that work great on here, even though they weren't approved. Uh, I would love to do that. But modding a 360 is something that I can just not do because there's like no software way to do it. It's all hard hardware. Mr. Mario, if you can get one that's modded, I will buy it from you. <laughs> We'll talk about that after the show. Okay. Yeah, we'll sure. talk about that. Like I, because that that I've I have like, I will thought help to myself. Out, I help out friends. Uh, Xbox three sixty. So, yeah. If I had a modded three sixty, there are so many videos I would like to do with that, and that would mm -hmm. like clear up some like like content for the future. Like like that would help a lot. Uh, I have yeah. a modded PS three. I've wanted to do stuff with that actually, and I might do that at some point. But yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. No. No, dude. Don't worry. We'll 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 talk. But even if it's not after this, like. It, we talk regularly. Yeah, enough, yeah. So it's all good. We'll I, I would love out. a modded 360. It'd be the Hell best. Hell yeah. Oh, they're great. They're really great. Yeah, even just the convenience factor where it's like, you know, like the, the homebrew emulation's not like crazy, like compared to the oh, original I, I Xbox just, on For there. the most part, but it's just the, it, the original Xbox that I want to yeah, do. It's yeah. it's nice just having things, you know, loaded on USB drives and everything. Yeah. So that's real nice. Plus, when I was, yeah. a, when I was younger with the Xbox 360... One of the things I fantasized over the most, literally, for some reason, I had a huge fascination over it. What Xbox games can I play on my 360? I want them. Mm -hmm. And it didn't even matter what game it was that played on 360. It was because at the time, I, I did almost everything on my Xbox 360. And it was just like, also, their Xbox original games were like cheap. And it's like, okay, what, mm -hmm. what games can I buy and fully enjoy on this 360 system? I... I will give you a, um, I, I guess, a little bit of a shortcut for maybe one of the games on there. I distinctly remember playing Max Payne on my Xbox 360. I completed it. Yo, that game had major slowdown on the 360. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's still playable, but I'm like, I remember even back then, I didn't know the terms. I didn't know about frame pacing, frame rates and all that. Right, yeah. But I'm just like, 
this is like it's slow it's like you're and it's not bullet time it's like no this is fully like max running at like you know regular time pacing and everything but it was just it, it the performance kept dropping so badly see this is exactly max pain on the 360 this is exactly why i think a video like this would be so interesting because mm-hmm. if i had a modded 360 and like here, here's a here's a whole a whole different thing piracy right i don't think uh the people should just like go around downloading whatever games they don't own because they don't want to spend money right but when it comes to uh something like this where it's like uh i need to demonstrate all these games i think it's okay to pirate things for demonstrational purposes like what i would like to do can you see i'm kind of uh talking about this because i have to (laughs) but like what i would like to do is have a video where i talk about every single xbox original game that was made by xbox to be official on the 360 and talk about it for a bit and like do a little bit of research see what people have said about this game playing on here and i feel like that would make for a marvelous video because if you go out and you see a list of games like this works on 360 this works on 360 you gotta ask yourself does it really though like, because Max Payne clearly doesn't, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's playable. Like, I finished the game, but ooh, that was painful. Yeah, I, I think Crash Twin Sanity has a similar issue, and if I'm not mistaken, Jet Set Radio Future has a lot of, of lag as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just think I think that would be an excellent video, and it also it's something that doesn't require me to know much about these games. Like, mm-hmm. I just got to play a little bit, and I don't have to talk about the game. Like. That's a mind-blowing concept to me. Imagine being able to make a video about a game and I don't have to talk about the game. It's beautiful. <laughs> that works out. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm just... I, I don't envy you making that video, but I would love to see it. I, I'll just put like I know then, I know for know anyone you... that might be a really annoying video to make, but for me, I have this like personal thing with playing Xbox originals on 360. I'm just like... I remember at one point thinking, when are they going to make them all ready to play? And it's like, well, that... For many reasons, that can't happen. But yeah, here here's something that's mind blowing. Then there's someone else I want to talk about. But uh, did you know if you burn a on a completely stock 360, if you burn a original Xbox game and you pop it into a stock 360, it will recognize the title and everything on there. Yeah, I, I guess that does kind of make sense. It's all in their catalog. Uh, I I guess well even games that were not um, compatible it would still show it like on I the dashboard probably it would show the title there what the game was right. but it w- it wouldn't boot because it was a burned disc but it would actually display the title and that always blew my mind yeah there's definitely like game ID things I know especially like on the GameCube uh, every game has a code I mm-hmm. imagine when the xbox 360 was being released they probably had a database within the console that had all those game titles in there and it's just like uh for for the ability to make this work on this system we need to so and so get the rights and this and that but we're we're just dumping all the game codes on here for the start so we can decide later what we want to actually put on here or not like Mm -hmm. and god forbid uh, disney does a chicken little reboot or something it's like you'd never assume the, the original Xbox Chicken Little game would be important. God forbid they made it compatible on Xbox Series X. I don't know why. Yeah, especially <laughs> because that, even to your point with licensing, licensing wasn't as much of a, th- a thing with Xbox games on the 360, but it was much more of a thing with the Xbox One, Xbox Series, because you can't, you don't run those games off the disc. You have to download a new build, which is the equivalent of, you know, putting up really? that game for purchase. Yes, yeah, though, like, any, any but if you Xbox, have a disc you can like play that game though right 
Uh, it acts like, like you, an unlock key. Like what? It, okay, so is, you can't like if you go out and buy one of those, you can play it on your Series X. You just or your yeah. Xbox One. You just gotta wait a few minutes to download. Uh, yeah, a few minutes or even a few hours depending on your connection. But yeah, okay. you have to. It, it will it will recognize the disc and then it will allow you to download the entire game that has been rebuilt in a Xbox One or Xbox Series package, and you boot that. But there is absolutely no gameplay that is run from the disc itself or installed from the disc itself. Interesting. Yeah. So that's why, because you are essentially getting a newly released build of it, that's why they have to play around, like, play nicely with licensing on there. That's actually very useful information to me. I'm probably going to use that information somewhere at some point. Hey, awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to know. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever do that Xbox uh, compatible video, which I would really mm. love to do, it's just I don't have the hardware for it. Ooh. I understand. Reflux killing me. Oh, God. <laughs> no worries. It's fine. Well, well, not as serious of, as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of other things, killing and all that stuff, not literally, but uh, there was one thing I want to talk to you about because uh I had run into this here, um, or I guess experienced it and everything. And I know that you and I talked about it before, and you kind of had this happen as well, too. Um, nothing in a bad way, all good. Um, but I actually, even with all the YouTube stuff, I wanted to talk about taking a break. Because uh, for anybody who does not know, and if, if people have been like, hey, Mr. Mario hasn't uploaded for a few weeks, uh, well, thank you for noticing. <laughs> but I ended up for the first time consciously in like, taking a structured break on my channel. Um, I do know a lot of people, um, a lot of YouTubers, mean like full-time YouTubers and stuff, they will take a break in January because ad rates typically go lower and stuff. I've noticed that. I've never really cared about it all that much, and it didn't even really line up with that. For me, it was more in December... A bunch of stuff in my life offline happened that needed my attention, like to the point where there was times like I just I didn't have time for myself or I even had to take some time off of like my day job as well too to address this um, because it was, you know, more serious stuff. And I had to hammer out um, like last few videos of the channel. It's more like near the end of the year. I have several videos that are kind of traditional. So I still want to do a mod chat, still want to do Mario's Minute, want to do my traditional end of the year videos and stuff. But I was just like, you know what? I I need a break. Like I can't keep doing this because I, I literally don't have the time right now. Like I'm cutting into and cutting away from other stuff just Absolutely. to make time for what I need to do. So I had never done that. And I it's still ongoing what I've needed to work on. Um, I guess it's at a little bit more of a manageable state I can say. Um, but for me, it's very much been a thing where I guess in terms of, even, you know, channel performance and all that, thankfully, like my last few videos before I had, you know, taken my hiatus and everything. Cause I, I took a break for like almost when I say break, it's like, I did not make content. Like even because I typically, you know, I'll make content, I'll cash it and everything. I didn't make any content for about a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've done and that. I, I just yeah, recently I, I had to do that. Yeah. 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 So you know how it goes. But even with that, it's I I really felt like I needed it. So I made sure, you know, I kind of had a bow on everything, uh, scheduled the last stuff I need to even scheduled some videos for January so it's like I can slow when I do return I can slowly return and slowly spin back up um but it was just something I had never taken a break like this maybe the only time I took a break was 
which I also realized how long I've been doing this for. It was like over 10 years ago, just over 10 years ago when I think it was my first semester in college, I was doing finals and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to, for a few weeks, I'm not going to make any videos. I'm not going to upload anything until I'm done with the semester. And that was like my treat to myself. But I noticed I still had a spark because it was even with everything going on. One of my close friends told me, he said, take a break from YouTube if you need to, because if YouTube becomes a burden as opposed to a needed distraction, you might want to take a break from there. Um, my girlfriend was saying as well, too. She was even telling me even before all this, she was like, you know, you can you can take a break. Like, you know, people, uh -oh. everything OK? Here comes the cat. Oh, I, it sounded like a chicken. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, she was just using the litter box and she always screams when she comes out. She screams when she comes out of the litter box. Yeah, she. I think she's telling us to always change her immediately after she goes oh my to the God. bathroom. God, the cats are such spoiled divas. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, I had um, even like my girlfriend had told me before. She was saying, you know, like if you need to take a break, like I'm sure people understand. People will be cool about it. Like you've been doing this for a while. Like you deserve a little bit of a break. So she was even kind of pushing a little bit like that as well too. Um, in the best of ways, but I never really took a break like this until, un until this time around. And I will say it was like kind of twofold where it was, it was pretty good. Like one of the things was I noticed I was happy. It kind of just verified. I still have the spark because like when you're really in the thick of it all, it can get, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit stressful. It could be a little bit of a burden. Like if you're really having to feel like you have to get something out and such, but for me, before I even finished like wrapping up the content I needed to, I was excited thinking about the content I was going to make coming back. Like I was writing down video ideas. I had stuff turning over in my head and such over what I wanted to cover, what I wanted to do. There was a few things that happened where I was like, I really want to make a video about this. I really want to just even record a little bit. But no, 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 I'm going to force myself to stop here. So I still had that excitement. Like I was excited to return before I even started my break. But yeah. even just some of the stuff that I got to do during my break, it was really just, you know, still working, still having some holiday time, still hammering out what I needed to in my offline life. But even when I did have downtime, honestly, it was really nice where I could just lay back and just enjoy games without Isn't without having any best, sort of man. guilt or something. Isn't it was that the that. best? <laughs> there were times, dude, because my my I I was not sleeping for a minute, so catching up on sleep, forcing myself to sleep at times was very nice as well too. But it was just, um, I I had had this, and as I was thinking about coming back and who I was going to have a Mario's minute, I was like, your name kept turning over my head because I know you and I talked about like breaks and stuff before, and you took a, a long one for a while. And I kind of wanted to talk with you about this, kind of get your thoughts on it as well, too. Right. Yes. So, um, God, that, that is a very interesting subject and I got to think about how to word it. So sure. there was a situation with an online friend that was making me really, uh, paranoid at that point in my life. That was, I want to say five months ago. Um, so I ended up taking a break from YouTube for a short while, and I was literally spending most of my days watching VHS tapes that I had collected uh, mm -hmm. for all day, every day, uh, until about a week later when I realized that being cooped up in a tiny apartment was a much bigger problem than the paranoia I was facing with my friend. Um, 
basically I, I had a friend that was going through uh, some stuff online and then they were kind of going through more stuff and I kind of had to be like, Hey, I don't think you should do this. And they were just like, haha, no, I'm going to do it. And I'm just like, Oh dear. Um, so I was really worried about them. I, I actually, I, I've kind of cut off that friendship recently for reasons that were, you know, uh, m- more appropriate for me to do. Um, but yeah, so that, that really got me all nervous and, uh, I didn't really, I mean, all my friends, they work like long day jobs. It's like, if I ever need a break, I don't have anyone to talk to. So it's like, even if I could yeah. take a break away from YouTube, I can't take a break away from life because I didn't have anyone really to go to who was available like whenever. So I feel like there was another reason why I wasn't seeing people at that point. I'm not sure if I was sick. I I can't remember what exactly. I think it might've been, I was just really, really depressed (laughs) for some reason. It Um, happens, man. It does. Um, So actually what I did, which was very bold move for me because I never do this. I'm very shy. Usually I, uh, there was this, uh, this guy outside who always like talks with people around the apartment uh, and he's friendly. So I decided randomly to go out there one day. He's talking to this uh, beautiful young woman who uh, I sparked a conversation with. And hey, what do you know? She's my wife now. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been a, a very quick development. But we've all we've we felt like at least from from almost the very beginning that this is like this is what we want. We finally found the right person. And uh, it's all it's all been very good. I mean, other than the typical relationship back and forth, which I, I'm I'm sure everyone goes through, it's been just short of perfect, really. I'm so I'm so happy to hear about that. That is also, you know, that that even I was thinking about this today, honestly. And that even confirms something that I've told people. I've said sometimes stop looking. Yeah. Like whether, yeah. whether it's a relationship, whether it's even a game you're looking for, stop looking. Just be yourself and see what the universe presents to That's you. very interesting, the game aspect. I've never applied this to, like, video gaming, yeah, uh, which yeah. might be a smart thing to do, yeah. There, there's some people that are looking for a deal on a game. And, like, mind you, it's good to keep your eyes peeled and stuff. Yeah. But, like, sometimes some really good deals I've stumbled upon, it's like I stop looking, I stop caring, and it just slaps me in the face. And I'm like, oh, So okay, here's an interesting year. analogy. Uh, growing up, my parents were religious, uh, and so mm-hmm. I carried some of that into – uh you know my childhood and then there was the agnosticism and i'm not entirely convinced of what i am right now but uh there was always this saying this saying where it's like uh the guy he dies he goes to heaven and 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 god's like uh how come you didn't uh you didn't come to me son and he's just like well i was going through this and that and this and that but you were never there and he's like uh or, or like like he he's he, okay okay never mind let me start over okay so there's a guy on a, a dessert <laughs> there's a guy on a deserted island and he's about to die and then he's looking for food water blah 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 and he can't find anything and then a boat goes by uh but he doesn't call the boat because his idea was that god has a plan for me i don't need uh I don't need to seek the help of others but then he dies and goes to heaven he's asked god why he didn't help him and he's like well i sent a boat <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's a lot of that thing where it's like you gotta keep in mind what's out there but don't uh like dwell on it yeah it's like don't expect the boat to show up but if the boat shows up that's what was uh meant for you and something i've learned a lot about like the muslim uh religion recently uh with my wife is there is a certain aspect where it's like if something good happens to you in life that was always meant to happen to you or if something bad happens to you in life, that was also always meant to happen to you. And it's like mm-hmm. every single thing that happens in life to you happened for a reason. 
So um, it's it's an it's a nice way to think about life because then you feel a lot less um, like regret and self embarrassment where you, when you just think, okay, despite I may have just uh, tripped on a banana in front of my entire school, that was always meant to happen. There was no denying that that was going to happen, and now I just have to deal with it. In some ways, I guess you can say it's halal. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, I'm I'm Middle Eastern. I can make the joke. It's fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So it's all it's all very interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, if, if there's a game out there, uh, don't spend your whole day looking for a deal. But if a deal comes to you, you take the deal. Right. Mm-hmm. There you go. And, and that's kind of the analogy that I was trying to. Uh, I think I did a good analogy there. But yeah, I, that, I think I yeah. think you did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I I even know with the um, and, you know, I'm I'm sorry to hear about your friend and stuff. And I know sometimes it's it's really hard to cut those those relationships off as well. It too. was it was. Yeah. And sometimes you have to do that. But I do know with um, this is something I really wish and I'm going to refer to this and I will say big shout out to this Twitter user uh, Tinkersec. So it's T-I-N-K-E-R-S-E-C. I am super disappointed, though, that they end up deleting this thread because I've referred to it a few times. I've sent it over to several friends, including Frame Raider here. Um, but it was essentially he is in, you know, security and such. Um, he's really big into hacking and everything. He does it ethically. He does it, you know, for a job and a living. But he ended up putting out a big thread where, in short, he squeezed his creative juices dry and developed ptsd from hacking it was just he just kept working he kept working he was chasing the money he kept taking on jobs when he really didn't have the time when he should have been resting and that literal juice that i'm talking about it was i mean he got mris for it and everything and it was glucose he had that was the creative juice there but he had pretty much dried his brain out of glucose and he was giving himself seizures. And then even when he was trying to get back to hacking for a while, the PTSD was there. Like he would essentially try to get back into it and he would just freeze like a deer in headlights or he didn't know basic commands. He didn't know how to do certain things. And it, it's a terrifying and insightful story about brain health. But it's something I've linked to several people because it's like I know even before with, you know, when Frame Raider and I, when we were talking I know Frame was saying um, there were times, you know, you running things by me with your channel or like, hey, how do you do this or what do you think of this or whatever it is? And it was very much a forward. It's like you had the struggle of doing this full time and kind of deciding like where to steer that ship. Whereas for me, I was more lackadaisical. I'm like, "Eh, it's it's an outlet. I can put an MP4 file on and some (laughs) people watch it. That's pretty cool. Like if 300 people watch my video, that's awesome. But on that. I just remember you would, t- and I, I don't know if it was, I, I know there was, it wasn't only this, there was, you know, other aspects as well too. But I remember I had sent that to you and there was kind of a realization where you told me, you're just like, yeah. oh wow, that's scary. Yeah, I can totally see myself there. And then like a few days later you came back, you're like, oh my God, that's me. I can see myself yeah. there. I realized it. I need to take a break. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to say exactly if I'm projecting there by by saying that's exactly me because i didn't run out of glucose i'm not having seizures i'm not uh but unable you were seeing to work. yourself but kind of on that yeah spiral. it was definitely going down that kind of a path where i i was putting just way too much work into these things and like i i know i i say this a lot particularly but i really think people do not understand how hard it is to do console library videos no. especially to get all the information <laughs> correct the first time 
Um, so yeah, I, I was really like breaking my headspace. Um, and like, yeah, now that I'm married and like, I, I have more variety to my life. It's like, I, I feel like with that glucose thing, it's like, I feel like it, the best way to maintain that is to have balance in life. And so you can use your creative juices. You can also go out on a walk with the love of your life. You can um, go shopping. I mean, nobody, nobody really likes to go shopping. Well, depending on where you're going, but uh, you know, if you're grocery shopping, it's boring, but it's giving yourself some mental variety. And that's why sometimes, you know, when we're go we got to go out and shop, I'm just like, okay, you know what? Maybe I need some shop time. So mm -hmm. always, yeah. always a good balance is, is the best way to go about life and, and just about everything you do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you know, you can, you can have some fun times that too, like make jokes about fruit or something, or if you're in a Walmart, just go over to go to the plumbing area, take a, uh, take a plunger and just stick it to the wall and walk away. Yeah. Yeah, I did that before. So oh. talk, just talking from personal experience. Now it's been a while. Okay, it's been like over ten years since I did it. I've grown up just a tiny bit, but still. Now, um, here's an interesting topic that kind of involves what we were talking about. Sure. Um, had a bit of an interesting philosophy recently. Uh, somebody talked to me. Uh, I, I don't want to be too personal about anything. Let's say I have a friend who I always hang out with. And I am always showing them new things. I'm showing, or well, new to them, not new to me, uh, things from my childhood. Like mm -hmm. I've been watching Seinfeld with them. I've watched Everybody Hates Chris. I've gotten them to play all these games that I played growing up. We kind of came to a realization at one point, I am obsessed with nostalgia. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. And it's like, and because and this person will try to have me watch uh, new things but I'm having a real hard time enjoying new things. And it's like very, very rarely am I even able to get into anything new. And I thought that you might even be able to see this in me because like the cyberpunk thing, it's like anything new for some reason is completely uninteresting to me. I'm always falling back to the, the old, the past things that I did. And it's like, it's not, it's not even just video games or TV shows or media. It's like my own self. It's like, I'm constantly thinking back to, uh, grade school or high school or all these other things that happened to me growing up. And I don't know if like, I don't want to be like, I'm not trying to make this like a, a huge mental health discussion, but I think there's like, like some PTSD involved, like growing up that like makes you constantly go back to the, like the happy memories. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, it gives you like, maybe it's, it's these things that I was always doing to cheer myself up when I was going through hard times in the past. And maybe those games are very closely associated to um, being able to resolve my mental headspace. And that's kind of always my comfort now. But the, the, the reason why this becomes a bad thing is because I am now unable to enjoy the ongoing everyday life because I the only thing that I've ever known to do is to go back and do the old things when instead I should be making new memories for the future that I can go back on. Um, and that that's one of the things that I was talking about uh, with my wife earlier where it's like, I'm having trouble coming up with new content because I feel like I'm starting to run dry on all the topics of things that I grew up with. Cause my channel is the very definition of being obsessed with nostalgia. It's always just <laughs> going back and talking about the things I did growing up. And I'm scared to do new things because it's like, I don't know if I'm as knowledgeable about them, but when I come to, when it comes right down to it, I think it genuinely is like an addiction to nostalgia for some, for some reason. But, uh, yeah, that, that was one of the, the notes I had here in the, in the thing that I told you about earlier. I wrote down some notes for this podcast. And it's like, that was one of the really interesting things I was reading that now I'm like, oh, I got to talk about this, though. 
Sure. So, yeah. Sure. No, and and that's a good point. And I I even have some stuff on there as well too. I mean, first of all, I will say for anybody who doesn't understand the cyberpunk mention that was thrown in there. So the last time I had Frame Raider on, we were talking about Cyberpunk 27, 2077, just like the mess it released in. And I will tell you, man. Okay, we talked about it a little bit offline here, or I guess before the show. Uh, you're not missing out on too much right now. Missing up on missing out on Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Just just wait until that thing is fixed. <laughs> and then you can enjoy it further. So I think that was respectfully, that was not the best example just because that is, it's still in a poor state for the yeah, most part, yeah. but I can get the nostalgia thing. And I've seen that there where it's like I, nostalgia itself isn't bad. I guess when it does get bad is when it is at a point where you're constantly referring to constantly longing for, you know, something old, those good old days, but it's even, you know, kind of painful in a way where you just think so much about that it can cause pain or that kind of becomes a coping thing. Um, when it comes to even, I'm not a, I'm not a therapist or anything, right? This is from my own experience. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just but, throwing out stories here. It's just oh, interesting things for people to think about. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, but even when it comes to like even a fear of something new, whether it's new media or something the best thing you can do is just really just jump into it. You know, even with your wife, just jump in hand in hand with her. It's like, Hey, if she has like a show on Netflix that just released last week that she really wants to share and watch with you, like that's something that you can get into and kind of just, it was really hard to get me into squid game, but that turned out to be a good idea. And there you go. It was a good, very short lived show that nobody talks about now, but it was good. (laughs) It's just, it's just slowly chipping away at stuff like that. Just chipping away. And it's, it's a process overall. Like, yeah, but I guess with me, with my nostalgia, I can get it with, you know, obviously I do my modding and such. And I guess for me, a part of my nostalgia was experiencing some older stuff that I missed out on. Um, So it's not like I'm going and like, you know, swinging on a swing set or something, but the example I've used is like the original PlayStation. I wanted one so bad when I was a kid. Oh, Eventually yeah. I got one and it was great. And it's just seeing the con- even to this day, if I see a PlayStation, it would just make me light up internally. Like I still, love I know that, that feeling. Yeah. I have so much love for it, but the biggest thing I wanted, not just a PlayStation, I wanted a mod chip for a PlayStation. Oh yeah. I couldn't solder. I didn't know anyone who could solder. I didn't, I couldn't trust any services to send them out. It was also during like a weird time in the internet where it's like people really weren't advertising that it wasn't, you, you weren't sure who you could and couldn't trust whatever it was. It was a lot harder to do all that. Yeah. Um, so even for me, one of my biggest accomplishments with soldering was when I was able to, I wanted to solder because I wanted to install a mod in a PlayStation. It crushed me when I failed to do it multiple times. Then when I finally did it successfully, it was exciting and it pushed me further. And it's just like, then I was like getting the chips blank. I learned how to program them myself with the code to turn them into mod chips. I was then wiring them up, installing them. And every single time I would mess with a PlayStation or install it or mod it, it just brings up so many positive, happy, warm, fuzzy vibes inside of me. And that is a nostalgia for me because it's like it's every single time I'm kind of revisiting and I'm just like, hey, you know, this thing I really want. I wanted so badly when I was like 11 or 12 years old. Boom, I can do it now. Yeah, I grew up with someone that had a modded PS1 uh, by the works of his father somehow. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was his father that did it. But yeah, there was there was some good times with that. He had he uh, all you'd have to do is burn a game to a disc, put it in and boom, he had all, yeah, all the Crash so Bandicoots, the Spyros, lots of good times. 
Uh, there was even an NES emulator for the PS1. People have wanted me to yes. make a video on that for a while now, but the thing is, I'm not sure how I would even do that without a modded PS1. How easy is it to mod a PS1 these days? Oh, dude, I mean, you could honestly, we could even do it as easy as, uh, I mean, if you're willing to swap, do a swap trick and everything, if you have a legitimate PS1 game and if you tape down the sensor, you can just swap it with the burned game a few times and you can boot that up. Um, oh, th there's that. There are memory card exploits now where you can pretty, pretty much modify a memory card and turn it into like a boot device of sorts. Um, and then, of course, you know, the try and true mod chips. But there's also then if you have like a parallel port on the back, you can even get one of those parallel cartridges and flash that. We can talk about this later and you can pick. Sure. My brain yeah, I, there's there's multiple different meta. Met so there's the old school try like you know try and true methods but there's even newer things as well too if you want to be less destructive but you still don't want to pick up a soldering iron yeah yeah um if i'm not mistaken like even with the ps2 now you can just buy a memory card off ebay put it in and then you're good to go or something that uh kind of it's so that's been a thing for a long long time McBoot, that's like i think that is free mcboot and there's also uh open tuna fun tuna for tuna was there like for, an exploit of the dvd drive in the ps2 uh, free dvd boot yes there yeah. is that but really like and and this is not knocking free dvd boot it's incredibly impressive but like one of the best things you can do with it is you can easily just burn a dvd that will then allow you to boot into the free mcboot installer and install that yourself that's pretty so, cool yeah, yes. the, the, re the only reason I've never really went into PS2 modding is because I, <laughs> much like the Xbox games playing on Xbox 360, I was always just so fascinated about playing PS2 games on PS3. And then I mm -hmm. had this huge lust over uh, having an original model PS3. I, did you know I've gone through four of those? I literally have. I bought four of I them know on you went through eBay. A few. I didn't know it was four. It, it was I'm three or surprised. four. I'm, it was definitely at least three uh, or or. Yeah, at least three. I remember three exact times. Four might might be stretching it with four. But um, I would buy them, and then literally like within a month or a week, they would uh, yellow light and then not work anymore. Uh, the other two like... I sold off as like for parts. And this, mm -hmm. this last time, I literally bought an upgraded one with an improved fan, uh, redone thermal paste and everything. Lasted me a month. That honestly sounds like you might be getting systems that have been kind of like shoddily repaired. I yeah, it could be. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. That that's what it sounds. But like I do know that apparently the PS3 is a very notoriously like okay, the original model. It was a very notorious console for breaking and hardware malfunctions and this and that. So apparently, playing P PS2 games on an original uh, model PS3 is more hardware intensive than playing PS3 games accurate and accurate yeah and yeah. i actually so during the seventh generation i actually worked at a local game shop and so of course we had you know the the red ring of death and i worked there from 2009 2011 so we had a whole lot of red ring of death stuff going on um but it was very much a thing near the end of my tenure we this anecdotal mind you and depend on region and such but i was seeing like as many broken ps3s come in for repairs as 360s so when people were telling me that like even back in the day when there's like oh the ps3 is more reliable i'm like yeah i remember it, hearing it, that it too. is but it's it is and it isn't i'm just like look the, the xbox 360 it's just it's known like you get one of the earlier models it's gonna die in like within 12 to 18 months the ps3 it's gonna suffer the same fate except it takes maybe three or four years but your ps3 will get there don't worry yeah. your, your fat ps3 that thing's gonna die now weird question um sure 
I got an Xbox 360, I think 60 gigabyte model sometime in like 2007 or eight. And mm-hmm. that thing literally lasted me up until last year when I sold it because I didn't need it anymore. It, mm-hmm. it worked the whole way. It was a white one. And here's, here's the thing. The uh, disc tray, it had like the silver on the disc tray. I know there's earlier ones that so were that white. Was, that was the pro model. And it okay. could have been a, it was either a Zephyr or a Falcon model, depending on when you bought it. I think I remember seeing the word Falcon on the system somewhere. So were those ones more it, reliable? It wouldn't have said it on there. You would have had to look at like the manufacturing date mm. and the power plug. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, do, the power plug, was it a plastic end or was it a metal end? The part that plugged into the console? Uh, plastic. Okay, so that was a Falcon, it sounds like, if it was Yeah, I remember hearing or reading the was, word Falcon somewhere. I mean, I, I'm not if sure it was where. 2008. So maybe you were looking it up and just cross-referencing it, it there. It could so be. For, yeah, it's it was more than likely a Falcon. So um, are those more reliable ones? Yeah, those are more reliable. The most reliable, I'd say even over the Slims, would be a Jasper model for the Fats. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're ever looking for one, go aim for Jasper. Unless How are you're really the, the slims? Those are pretty stable, right? That's what uh, I have right now. Mostly stable. I would say, um, I would, I would still say I've seen many more fail. Like it's not as bad as early units, not yeah, nearly yeah. as bad, but I have seen many, many more, um, slim failures than Jasper. Like I can't even think of like a true Jasper failure. I'm talking about like you get a Jasper system and you just play it and use it normally until it red rings on you. Like personally, I've never seen that, but I do see a lot of slims getting the red dot of death. I see a lot of super slims getting the red, red light of death. Uh, for the PS3? For the, the Xbox 360. I, I don't know if it was uh, called super slim. The, was it the E? The, yeah. Yeah. The, the E model. Interest. Okay. Yeah, I had one that, that red ringed actually. Those ones are usually the very last ones are Winchester motherboards, but then those are also Coronas. So yeah, the overall the like if you're wanting like if you're telling me you're just like hey I want the most reliable Xbox 360 model period, which one is it? Jasper. Yeah. And I guess specifically like a Chronos model, which is more the later versions of the Jaspers, but still Jasper overall is what I'm saying. Yeah. And and I might be a weirdo here in saying this. Apparently my ideas of console aesthetics is a little uh, iffy, but I think the original model Xbox 360 just looked better on a shelf than the solid black one. Because here's the thing, while it may look good, like uh, the molding may look better. I really think that black consoles just look like DVD players. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I want my consoles to look fun and quirky. Like the Nintendo 64 has like loops and like podium things on the front. The and th- it had all those crazy colors. Yeah, like I want my game systems to look like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's like, oh, baby, baby boy wants baby looking console. It's just like, I don't know, I want something that looks cool. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I don't want something that looks like I just pulled it out of the thrift store. And and honestly, that's what a lot of these modern consoles do. And a lot of people gave the PS5 a lot of flack for the way it looks. And I'm just thinking, well, at least it looks like something. The problem is, it, frame, it's big. It is very big. I know. I, I've used one a couple times. My friend has one. It's the biggest console I own. It's huge. It might be bigger than the 5200. 
Oh God. Yeah. I, I have no <laughs> doubt that it is. Yeah. Like there was so, um, I had surprised my girlfriend for Christmas, giving her a PS five. And the way I even did it was kind of slick where it's like when I was visiting her, like I, I'd visit a couple times. The first time I brought my own. And then during the interim, I ended up getting a second PS five set up for her, made it look exactly the same as mine. And I brought that up and it was kind of like when I turned it over, I was like, Hey, so, uh, I'm not bringing this one back with me. This one's yours. <laughs> um, but we had to like find a bag that she could put it in to take home. And then we even like she got a duffel, but she brought she was prepared. She brought a couple bags. So the first one worked fine, but it was a duffel bag. And I'm just like, we both sat there. We're like, this this might not fit in the opening for this bag. That's how big this thing is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a very awkward shape, and then the Xbox Series X just looks like a fridge. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, recently with all that's been going on, I figured a topic of discussion you'd want to bring up today is actually the Activision Blizzard stuff. You know, funny enough, I even had that on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if for anyone who doesn't know, Microsoft end up buying Activision Blizzard. For almost $69 billion. The biggest thing is cash. That yeah. was a cash transaction. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Sony went down by 10 something million or billion. I, I don't remember exactly. Like they're Probably because million. of the, the stocks. Yeah. Sony it's a good time to buy down. Sony stock. Then I'm, Hey, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a professional <laughs> here. I'm not trying to give any financial advice, but that just means a good time to buy some Sony. Yeah, stock. Sony's going to do something to pick back up. I'm sure. Oh yeah. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but yeah, no, I actually had that here. What what have your thoughts been on that? Uh, very, very interesting development in video game history. This is one of those big ones, right? That's like rare being bought by uh, Xbox. It's it's and Oh, it's, they, it's always Xbox, isn't it? It's always yeah, Xbox and, buying and these got, companies. And they got crushed. They got, they feel got like squandered into rare making avatars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, Activision Blizzard, I mean, we got Overwatch. We got all those uh, World of Warcraft, those games. Right? That's them? Yeah, Blizzard is. Um, and then Call of Duty. I think, obviously, Call of Duty is not going to stay an, ex- uh, an Xbox exclusive. Like, that's out of the picture. But some of those others, you know, it makes you wonder. Overwatch could be an Xbox thing um past the ps4 anyways um uh, what else is there i tried looking up for a definitive list of the games that they're responsible for it's not easy to find one for some reason um at least it wasn't when i looked uh what else we got there mr mario tell me about some activision blizzard (laughs) let's see even going back to their i mean of course there's there's call of duty there's uh they've got some old stuff in there as well too i want to say hexen is something that they well, we all know there. gamers are dying to play Hexen. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Starcraft, obviously, all right, the Warcraft right. stuff. So even like, just give it like, you know, like Warcraft 3, like, okay, a good, like, you know, just even disregarding the games on here, I would like Microsoft to undo a lot of the damage going forward and even just go forward with respecting a lot of these games and getting them out of the the cycle which is the activision machine where it's like for example call of duty is forced to be a yearly thing we don't need a new call of duty every year people are tired of that activision takes something and they run it into the ground like we've done with guitar hero which that's something that they call of duty over the years has been a very clear example to me of uh uh, franchise fatigue franchise absolutely 
yeah. would you call the franchise i guess so. I, yeah i would say so yeah like even the people who are really into call of duty have just really had it with vanguard yeah like, no i i yeah. i know someone personally that was he's a bigger youtuber than i am he was doing a call of duty vanguard review he said he got part way into the project and he was just so fed up with the game that he decided to scrap his video altogether he's like it's not wow. worth it and I'm just, I'm just like, I can't imagine because this guy is a really, really hard worker, huge amount of edits in his videos. And I was just thinking, mm-hmm. like, I can't even imagine. Jeez. Um, but I'm, I, I'm one thinking... of his biggest gripes was that Vanguard tries to completely rewrite history and it's very awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I haven't really followed it all that much, but I know even some of the other games. So like Activision, they have the Crash Bandicoot well, The weird series, thing about which... uh, oh. Vanguard, from what yeah. I, from what I can tell, or at least how I feel about it, is like, it's world war ii right and world war ii the nationalities of people were very very important to the war and it's yeah. like they're changing the nationalities who are fighting with certain people and it's just like this makes absolutely no sense though mm, in terms of accuracy i get it well yeah but i mean yeah. isn't isn't accuracy the whole point when it's based on world war ii like I, it, I don't know it's weird <laughs> it is but at the same time now you're dealing with call of duty which is kind of more of an arcadey type thing well so. i I, mm, I don't know it i mean i know it see the weird thing is if you compare it to actual real life it i don't know i i, I guess it's cartoony or whatever i think, but... I think we're, we're we're past that it's no longer call of duty two three four well world no war, but i did play yeah. a little bit of modern warfare and i i don't know if vanguard fits the mold of of uh goofy but modern warfare was definitely like a very serious and tone game that was a very great by, by modern yeah. warfare i mean the one that came out like two years 2019 ago. Yeah, yeah 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 that was a very gritty one yes it was pretty yeah. good from what i played that was when i had a ps4 actually i got rid of it like shortly after that i, I remember i traded the game back to my friend I, he let me borrow it because i'm like yeah it looks good i played it a bit mm-hmm. i'm like yeah it was good <laughs> i think i i played it like i enjoyed maybe the first half of the campaign and then just felt like it trudged Truck job. See, I, I definitely didn't long. get halfway through it. I played a couple oh, missions, and I no, thought it I, was I pretty good. Finished the campaign, which I wasn't crazy about it by the end, and then I tried the multiplayer, and it just felt sluggish and heavy. And I just wasn't. I'm not talking about Warzone. I just wasn't into the actual Mall Warfare 2019 multiplayer. Yeah. So I think I paid. I want to say maybe 35, 40 bucks for the game. And then I sold it for like 45. Yeah. I was just like, I don't even, I, I sold it like literally as soon as I, after I played the multiplayer and I was like, I don't want to keep this game. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to sell it 45 bucks. Cool. Yeah. Why not? I got it. Yeah. Yeah, I I was really hoping overall it was like, I got like a rental out of it after shipping. Sure. Sure. I was really hoping that they were going to make uh, modern warfare three remastered or whatever. Cause they did for the first one and the second one. Mm-hmm. And Modern Warfare 3 is the one I played the most. I know I'm the odd one out in saying that, but I thought their Spec Ops was great. I loved Survival. If if there was a modern version of that that I could play online with my friends, I would be so happy. Mm-hmm. And the campaign was pretty good, too. I feel like, because Call of Duty was such a repetitive thing back then, it was, and you, yeah. couldn't, you couldn't blame someone for thinking MW3 was a rehash, because I guess it kind of was, but... The way that the story developed in that game, like it was coming all to a close, is coming all together with the the soap's betrayal. I think was it soap? Uh, something. I think it. so. And it was it was. I thought it was really interesting, and I remember hearing everyone was hating the game at the time. I thought it was weird because I wasn't a big Call of Duty person, and I got MW3 randomly because it was kind of cheap because nobody was buying it. I guess it went on price <laughs> drop really quick, and it was it wasn't my first Call of Duty, but mm. maybe my 
third Call of Duty. I remember I really liked World at War uh, back when that first came out. I got that around the time of release because everyone was talking about it. And that that was the game that kind of really got me into uh, modern first person shooters, even though it's a it's an old it's a World War Two shooter, shooter that one. But like, you know, it got me into modern day releases of video uh, first person shooters. And then after mm-hmm. that, I think I played um, Modern Warfare 2 and then I played Modern Warfare 3 and I was just like, yeah, this is great. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, it sucks. And I'm just like, well, I thought it was fun. And I guess it, I thought it was fun because it was uh, building off a formula that was tried and true, except it was just being done again. And people were frustrated with that, which I understand. Yeah, that's that's how it was. I think that was the maybe the last one I really truly enjoyed, I can say, because I, I had with Modern Warfare 3 and even Black Ops 2, I had pockets of fun with them. But like the last one I truly enjoyed really was the original Black Ops. Um, the multiplayer I enjoyed on there, but the campaign, if, if you ever want to go back and, you know, revisit a campaign on a Call of Duty or I guess try one out, like I, it's probably my favorite campaign out of all in the original Black Ops from 2010. So you know what's very weird to me? What? I was probably in the very last few years of grade school when Black Ops came out, or maybe I was in my first year of high school. I can't remember exactly, but I remember at the time when Black Ops came out, everyone was saying uh, multiplayer sucks, campaign sucks, but zombies is great. And I heard that for years until uh, I saw a video by that guy, the act man who did a video on Black Ops, like why is Black Ops so good? And I was thinking in my head, well, I remember people said it always sucked. And then he was like, the campaign is amazing. And ever since, like, around that time when I saw that video, I'm hearing everyone saying that the campaign's amazing. And I'm just thinking, well, I avoided it for all these years because I remember everyone was telling me that it sucked. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's uh, for even during that that pivotal time. So like, you know, I guess with uh, World at War, Modern Warfare 2, uh, Black Ops, Modern Warfare 3, Call of Duty had this thing where there would be a new Call of Duty that would release. And so many people would say, Oh, this like, for example, like Black Ops, people would say, oh, this sucks, you know, the and and granted, I, I guess it did need to be patched and stuff. I think people were saying like the hit detection and some other issues were were present there. Um, but people would say, oh, you know, Black Ops is terrible. Like the the the, the campaign is all weird. It's bad. That's why I thought uh, it was really weird when the sequel is came really out. bad. Um, but then another game would would, you know, succeed it like a new Call of Duty would come out. So in this case, Marvel for three. And then people would say, oh, like people would hype that one up, play it and say that it's bad. And then they would appreciate the previous year's entry. So right after the glean disappeared from that new Call of Duty, people would say, oh, my God, Black Ops was so good. But I thought I know my my opinion never changed. I always thought the zombies was was a good component on the original Black Ops. Zombies was a good component. Multiplayer was fun. And campaign was my favorite. Like my I'm opinion have never to go changed. Go back and play it, yeah. Because I remember I back then it. when Black Ops Two came out, I thought that was extra weird. Because I'm just like, wait, why are they doing a sequel to this game that people didn't like? <laughs> here's the th- here's the thing, man. Um, I do you know that the text based adventure uh, Zork? I believe that's what uh, it is. No, I uh, Zork. Let let me see. Yes, here it is. Okay, so it is a text based adventure game that you can play. Um, you can play that in the original Black Ops. Oh wow. 
Yeah, like there are so many little just like hidden things. Like they really like to go all out with the Black Ops games, I noticed. Like those are the games where they try and give you like the most bang for your buck. I will say go going back a bit on the uh, the Activision thing, like when I was saying like I just want some games removed from that Activision machine. And by that I mean like Crash Bandicoot, they have the rights to it. Now Microsoft does or they right. will once this transition happens. Right, right. But uh, Crash Bandicoot happened. The uh, we got a sequel. We got uh, the trilogy remastered or remade. I guess that was great. Uh, Spyro though, Spyro got a really great trilogy. Toys for Bob was acquired, and then what did they do? As opposed to throwing something else amazing at Toys for Bob, they end up taking them and they put them on the Diablo two remaster. I haven't played the Diablo 2 remaster, but people don't seem to be all too happy about it. There's also, I believe even on the console version, there's now a a online check-in DRM where if you have the game offline for more than 30 days, you have to check back in in order to use your saves and play it, even if it's just single player. That's very bizarre. I hear the Diablo fans have had it really rough the last couple of years. Yeah, there's even Warcraft 3, where Warcraft 3 Reforged, that remake happened. I heard it is a lot, it leaves a lot to be desired, but on top of that, it releasing ended up breaking the multiplayer components for the original Warcraft 3. So even if you want to just boot up the original Warcraft 3 and play that online, it's busted now at that point. And Reforge is still in a pretty broken state as well, too. And of course, the whole yearly Call of Duty thing and just trying to make as much money and make everything the biggest the, the, the biggest thing possible. And then you say, again, like Spyro, you take this team, they unleash all their creative juice and energy and make something amazing and it sells well. And they say, hey, we're going to put you on this other project. And then that ends up faltering. Plus, of course, all the really like heinous stuff that has come out about, you know, the work culture and the bro culture that's been right. happening there. Yeah. That's one of the best things to have happened by the acquisition i assume stuff like that's going to change well because bobby kotick was aware of a lot of that stuff and he is i mean he's going to get a big payday but he is going to be removed once all the papers are signed everything he's not going to be a part of activision which i'm okay with so phil spencer is one of the better people to be in the industry where he's at and he's willing to take more of a chance on things right yeah yeah so that's like that's a good a, guy that phil spencer yeah he's he's a good dude he's done he's done a lot of repair for the xbox brand thankfully and like everybody seems to like him so I, they released a documentary on the red ring of death for the 360 recently and apparently like they got a lot of praise for that i've still mm-hmm. yet to watch that but that that sounds like a very interesting uh you would think i would have seen i've only seen the first episode so far and i saw a clip of the fourth episode where there's just real funny i mean if people are making it to the end here awesome but it's like first of all they ended up they showed at one point it's just a few seconds but they showed a 360 being disassembled for that red ring episode and it is a jtag modified 360 (laughs) That was hilarious to me. They also end up covering the exact issue that plagued the um, the Xbox 360's Red Ring of Death as well, where even I admittedly, I'll cop to this, I'd gotten this wrong as well too. It was never, now this didn't help, but it was never the motherboard itself, like flexing and all that. That didn't help matters, but it was specifically the, the, the dyes on the chips, was what was causing the issues Mm. so 
with you, like the fix for a while, everyone said like the try and true fix was you end up taking off, let's say the GPU went out on 360. You take off the GPU, you end up putting fresh solder on there, you plop it back on and you're good to go. That's just a really good Band-Aid. The issue is with the GPU itself, not the motherboard, not the connection from the GPU to the motherboard. And it was Microsoft, of all people, who ended up admitting that, and they showed it. (laughs) Yeah, so I know a shout-out to uh, Octol or Josh Davidson, but he... He's been preaching that for years, and he even put up a video real quick talking about it. And I just, I know that dude felt so vindicated because he's just like, <laughs> see, see, if you don't believe me, Microsoft of all people is saying this, and they authorized it. This is what I've been saying for years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good look <laughs> for the guy, though, for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely respect Xbox for at least, like, uh, they didn't have to make that, right? So, you know, it's yeah. a cool thing. Yeah. 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 They're just showing more and more. That's great. great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like it's getting pretty late here. It is. Yeah. So I do have, you know, I I do have one last topic that I like to bring up, even just for myself or even with a guest on here. Uh, But I'll go ahead, toss it over to you first. What games have you been playing here recently? Gee, let me think. Um, Every game for the Atari Jaguar. (laughs) That's about all I can say. Um, I mean, I'm always playing Serious (laughs) Sam on and off. But uh, for for the oh oh you know what a game I did play kind of recently Paperball on Steam I remember hearing about it years ago it is Super Monkey Ball basically but on Steam and instead of a monkey you are a paperball that sounds cute yeah it is cute and it's a lot of fun and it's scarily accurate to uh, the Super Monkey Ball formula like really well oh. done um, so it's like the, that community didn't have such a great game in so many years and then Paperball comes and. I don't know if it, how much of a splash it made. It seems like nobody talks about it anymore, but it's actually really good. I haven't heard of it until about 45 seconds ago. Yeah. Um, so that that's fun. And then as for the console library, just all those Jaguar games. Let me tell you a, a fun short story. So sure. Rayman for the Jaguar, very expensive game. It's the first Rayman game to ever come out after troubled development on the Super Nintendo. Um, so I finally dove in to buy a copy off eBay for uh, the video that I'm doing, the Atari Jaguar console library. Um, so it's kind of stuck. I don't know where it is. Like, it just says delivery moment still unknown arrived in the country of origin for the for the buyer. And it's been stuck like that for about a month and two weeks. I've tried to open a case. I've tried to figure out where it is. And it's just sitting, seems to be sitting in limbo somewhere. So the guy tells me it takes like between two to three weeks to figure out where it is and like what the ins- there's an inspection going on to figure out where my parcel is. And it's just like, well, gee, I got to wait for this video now because of a copy of Rayman that got lost. And it's like because of the price of that game and the significance of it to me on my channel as a huge fan of Rayman, it's just like now I can't post that video until that game shows up and I don't know how long it's going to take. I've never had this problem on eBay before. It's very weird, but it's just sitting in limbo. So, and I guess that's not even necessarily an eBay thing. That's that's like it's a post custom, yeah, customs and or Canada post. It's weird, but I don't know why it should be held for this long. It's very unusual to me. I guess the price has something to do with it. Um, I don't even know. I think it's just um, is it in customs or has it passed customs already? Uh I can check that really quickly. Actually. Okay, because it would say like custom clearance started, or custom clearance successful, um, or if it's just arrived, then it could just be in that limbo. Let's see. Uh, 
shipment expected but not yet arrived, and then shipment received by post, and then shipment sorted in sorting center, and then shipment sent to country of destination, delivery moment still unknown, and it's sit that way since December 15th. Okay, so yeah, it hmm, yeah, so it's kind of just in limbo. It has it's shipped to Canada then, but it's it's not even hit customs yet. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Okay, okay, so that's even further. That's not even Canada Post at this point. Yeah, I I have no idea. I really hope I get it though. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, especially did you get soon. it from the U.S. or it's from like the Netherlands. The good oh, thing about Jaguar okay. is that it's re- uh, region free. So, yeah. Hmm. I hope it gets here soon then. I, I really do hope so. Yeah. Keep me updated on that. I would be interested to know what happens sure. with the uh, Rayman Jaguar Chronicles. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Has that uh, has that been all you've been playing here recently? Yeah, yeah it seems about it. Right on, right on. Uh, but, oh, um, I have been playing Animal Crossing on GameCube, as I referred to earlier. Yeah. I was going to say, by the way, when you were talking, first of all, I think mm-hmm. the GameCube uh, Animal Crossing channel idea is great. The other thing is uh, when you were saying the original, I thought you were going to say like Animal Forest on N64. Right. So I've yeah. thought about in the future potentially talking about that version of the game, but that would probably be the most I do. I, I don't know. Um, sure. I do have a video on Framerater talking about Debutsu no Mori E+, which is um, a version that came out in Japan on the GameCube that has even more content than the one we got here in America. Uh, somebody did a translation or is making a translation patch for it, but there's so much dialogue in that game. So yep. he's taking like patron supporters and stuff to help him with the process. And like it, it, it is a huge task, a huge overtaking. But I did a video talking about like what he's done so far and uh, what limitations there are with the patch. But I can definitely say that that is the superior way to play the game. If only we are able to experience it in the full uh the only the only problem i I think it he said it would be impossible to implement the american animalese setting which is like the animals going like but in in uh japan it's like like it's very (laughs) it's so much rougher yeah so apparently there's no way or at least if he were to transfer that over it would take him years so that yeah that seems out of the cards which is a shame because I really do feel like if you are playing Animal Crossing and you're not hearing those voices, it's a very like polarizing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I guess yeah, I wouldn't mind all too much. I'd be okay with it either way. I'm even thinking too, when it comes to translation, even I guess more specifically localization, that could be that is an art into itself as well. It is. Um, I think the I thing know... with Animal Crossing voices is you've assigned these voices to these characters. Now, like imagine. Uh, listening to uh, the original dub of a show for the longest time, and then your friend, you watch it with your friend, and you're forced to watch like a different language dub, and it's just really, really bad. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh oh, lost connection to server. What do you mean? Yeah, I'm seeing that too, but it looks like it's all still. It's okay. Let's just keep going. Okay. <laughs> well, we do need to probably wrap wrap this up soon, though. Yeah, it's been I, I two, will two say... and a half hours almost as we're recording yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. I will say real quick on that with the localization thing. I'd heard this from, I think, the Nintendo Power podcast of all places, but um, Wind Waker was, it was, 
you know, there was a guy who was in charge of localizing it. He was playing the Japanese release, working on localizing and translating it to English. And he said that there was something, I don't even remember what it was, but he said there was just a word or phrase in Japanese and he just could not figure it out because it relied on something in the game. So he was waiting for the development of the game to continue and finish because he could not localize this specific part simply because he didn't understand it. And then when he got like, you know, a, a release that was playable until the end, it was something where near the end of the game, he was able to recognize the context. He's like, oh, okay, now I can finish this translation. This makes sense to me. But that's what I mean where there's just, it's an art form to that. It alone. surely is, yeah. Yeah. And there's also yeah. some things that kind of get lost in translation. Absolutely. Cultures are yeah. different, et cetera. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, on my side, though, the stuff I've been playing, um, at least the things that come off the top of my head. So I'm still, even though New Year, I'm still playing Ring Fit Adventure. I'm still sticking with that, uh, and it's still painful. Oh, <laughs> but it's it's great. I I am almost at like a year in days in the game, but it is. I think at this point, it's easily the game I've played the most on Switch. Like I've put the most hours into. Yeah, I don't know too much about it, but I did remember hearing that it's uh, it's quite a workout. It is like it's no joke. It is real great. Like for $80 US at least, you really get your money's worth if you actually stick to it. And I've told people if you're not feeling pain from it, it's because you're not playing it at a high enough level. <laughs> yeah, just just increase the level on there. So I've been playing that. Um, Maybe I, I should give that up, a try sometime. I'd recommend it. I recommend to anybody who so I can like finally for- so I can finally eat the amount of food that my friend does when he comes over. Okay, yeah, that dude, that's your inspiration. Honestly, for I think in Canadian to be like a hundred bucks, if you stick to it, if you actually use it, it will pay for itself, man. It's great. I don't, I don't have a gym membership anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's been that. Um, I end up finishing the San Andreas remaster. Um, I I struggle to use that word. Um, oh God, the yeah, definitive edition on switch it was rough but you know it's one of those things it's rough but because it's sandres it's still fun and that is the first time i actually beat the game since it came out like the only other time i beat sandres was maybe about a month and a half after it released like way back in 2004 yeah yeah so that was still fun i started playing vice city because that was the last one of the three on switch that i was playing but um pause that for now because i'm currently playing uh stubs the zombie also that is a good game yeah dude switch it is it's on switch ps4 xbox pc they're bringing all the classics back oh my god it's so fun i've never played it until a few weeks ago and i love it it's great yeah i remember the funny thing is i remember like an advertising point for it being that it runs on the halo engine right when you play it it's like this doesn't feel like Halo at all, which is good, but I just found that to be funny. Yeah, it is. It is kind of weird how they yeah. use that. Uh, Halo was everything back then. I remember that game, oh, yeah. Area 51, when it came out, the big tagline on the back was the Halo killer, finally. Yes, it's like, yeah, no, it wasn't the Halo no. killer. <laughs> yeah, that that game, uh, it had Marilyn Manson in it, didn't it? Yeah. He, he, okay. <laughs> you just reminded me of that. He, he always talks like he always talks like this in the game. So he talks like himself. Yeah, but it was so bizarre. He played an alien, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is like, okay, that's what I would expect Marilyn Manson to play. <laughs> yeah. That was so bizarre, but but fun. Yeah. Very fun. Yeah. 
I need to actually play that game. It's a good I, game. I, I, I hear I the sequel it. is just awful, though. But is that Area Fifty One Black Site? Yeah, I think. Yeah, that was not good. I don't uh, even so know I, why played... the, the game didn't even come out with the big tagline Area Fifty One. It was like Black Site was the bigger text than the Area. I think 51 it was Black was... Site Area Fifty One. Yeah, Area and... Fifty One was like small next to it. I didn't even know it was a sequel until many years later, where someone was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's the sequel," and I'm like, "It is." And okay. I can tell you it's it's not very good. Yeah, um, so I heard. played through it once and it was not very good. Yeah. I still but, part um, of me wants to try it someday, but I've only heard bad things. It's just I like, if you want to try, I'm not gonna stop you. I just I didn't think it was good. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. Uh but I don't know. I, I the original was such a fun game. It's it's like it's hard to imagine it went down such a steep path. I feel like a remaster could save that thing. Like hmm. it it wasn't I feel like that's a game that could have I think they said Halo Killer for a reason. Like now, I don't think that's the appropriate thing to call it because it clearly wasn't, and it wouldn't be. But it was a good competitor, I think, to Halo when it sure. when it was running. But yeah, for sure, I got you. Yeah, so there was uh, that, and then the only other game that I'm thinking of right now that I've been playing. Um, so just last night, we actually tried this out, but I've never played this game. I have wanted to dabble in it, and I'm actually surprised. It's I I know I know this gets a lot of slack, but or I guess a lot of flack, I should say, not slack. But um, what game was it? Uh, Sin and Punishment on N64. I'm not saying that for the game itself. I'm saying the way we played it. Uh, my girlfriend and I played it on Nintendo Switch Online on the N64 component there. I will say, though, I was actually impressed with it, not just the game, but it looks really good. It's very clear, and it played pretty damn well on the emulator there. So we did the two-player, which one of you... It, it, it's like you if you do two-player, you each have your own controller, but it's like the controller is copied. So with right. one controller... You can control the character and you can control where they shoot, but you can do that on both controllers at any time. So like at any given time, like even second by second, I can start controlling the shooting mechanics and she can start controlling, you know, where we're moving and vice versa. Right. So the way the way we played it was she was shooting. I was moving around, jumping, dodging, all that stuff. But it was challenging, but it was also really fun. Hmm. Sounds yeah. good. Sounds good. Yeah. And that's also, I think, uh. It's a Japanese-only game, and it's available on there, which is great, but it was one of those games where it came out in 2000, so, like, right at the end, you know, like, at the end of the N64's life cycle. Right, yeah. The thing is fully playable and fully voiced in English, but it never got um, localized over in the U.S., at least on N64. I think the first time we ever officially got it was Virtual Console on the Wii, but it was it was all done, ready to go. Like, it just needed English subtitles. That's all it needed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... That's been it. That's what we've been playing. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, right here, very last thing, very last thing, because we're going to wrap up. But um, if you remember from last time, I like to pick a keyword for all the people who've made it to the end. So um, if you are leaving a comment on the YouTube upload, and even if you're listening, you can come over to the YouTube upload and comment. But if you leave a comment with a keyword or a key phrase that we pick, We'll know that you made it to the end. So since you're the guest here, Frame Raider, I always leave it to the guest. What would the keyword or key phrase be for this episode? Cube cross. Why cube cross? Uh, maybe you'll figure it out someday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been two and a half hours. I'll figure it out later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, awesome. So if you use the term cube cross in your comments on the YouTube upload, both of us will know that you've made it to the end of this episode here. 
Now, I, I guess, Frame, before we fully sign off, uh, do you have, you know, where can people find you online? And, you know, whatever you say, I'll go ahead and plug your links in the description as well, too. Of this. I'm on that uh, that YouTube platform, Frame Raider. I'm also on Twitter and I guess Facebook because I've been told to revive that account. Don't link that. I still got a lot of work to do on that. I won't. I don't yeah. like Facebook. Anymore, no, I don't so either. I don't either. But uh, I was told for marketing purposes I should have one. So I'm like, okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, uh, the Twitter definitely, that's where I, I keep it. I keep it real. I keep it real on the Twitter. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this bit, but then, uh, there's also the discord. I don't know if you want to link that. I probably not. That's more of a personalized thing. Uh, sure, yeah, sure. that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, if you want to be in my discord, there's links to it from everywhere else. So Twitter, sure. YouTube, you can get there from all those places. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Well, Frame, I, I know it's been it's been a long episode here, but I really do want to thank you for well, coming on you. here, being Always a guest a again. Yeah. yeah, dude, it's been it's been real fun talking. So we we got some more to talk about offline as well too, and you can always reach out for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's been it's been a real fun time. It so has, thanks for being has. a pretty awesome guest for 2022 and the first uh, return guest as well too on this podcast. A lot of firsts. I'm very proud, very honorable to very honorable to. I'm tired, man. <laughs> you're, br- you're bringing honor to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. All righty. <laughs> all right. Had a good time. Anyways, yeah, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching, everyone. And until next month.